Welcome back to This Is The Show, our Mandalorian after show. I got to say, just at, out, out the top, uh, I'm feeling great. Out the top. To, to out the top, right? Off the top? Whatever I want to say. I don't know. I'm feeling so good, I don't know what words are anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. You've been Today, working nonstop. Since and in, in a good way. Like 6 a.m. Yeah. It's been uh, a 12-hour day so far, and it's going to keep on going. But I have been just over the moon the whole day. It felt great. Yeah. Obviously, like, uh, we're going to save our Bad Batch talk for tomorrow. Loved the episode of Bad Batch. But what happened in the Mandalorian episode today, just, uh, it, it, I don't remember the last time I've been, like, this emotional just as a Star Wars fan mm -hmm. for for just about every reason I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. And I obviously I I don't know people probably know who we're talking about and who we're so excited about, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh but before we do that, let's bring in our guests. Uh we have two great guests from Thank the Maker podcast. It's uh we we were just joking. It's been kind of our our musical season for guests as well. Uh because we are so excited to have Nick from Bayside and Adam from Story of the Year joining us to to talk about this episode, Chapter Twenty, The Foundling. How are both of you? So good. Hello there. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm great. I'm, I'm I'm just ecstatic. Adam's in Australia right now. Yeah, Adam's. So it's the morning for Adam. It's the evening for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time is weird. You don't sound Australian. Time's a weird dude. thing. <laughs> you don't look upside down either. How Give you going? Yeah, the toilet's going the other way. Um, <laughs> I, it's a, it's a setting on my camera to, to flip it around so you. Guys oh, okay, can, good. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I should also point out because Adam's wearing the shirt, but you, you both throw just the most amazing Star Wars celebration uh, party. Cel uh, Star Wars celebration celebration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Masha, yeah, yeah. the absolute best. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so it's... thank you for putting those on. It's a lot of Thanks fun. Thanks for attending. And hopefully oh, well, we could do yeah. a ton more. We're working on it for sure. Yes. Yeah. We're doing San Diego Comic-Con this year, and it's going to be bigger and better and wilder and more of everything than, than the first two. So we're stoked. <laughs> Tickets are on sale. Plugging. Uh, Already. Right out of the gate. Way, yeah. go. <laughs> that, like, I needed Mosh Eisley at <laughs> Celebration Anaheim. Like it was the perfect break. I didn't need the hangover the next day. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but it was worth it. <laughs> Dude, I could see it on your voice. face in the in the pictures. I could tell that you were just living your best life. Yeah, just all the music I love, cut and loose. The, the next mm -hmm. day, everyone in our videos was like, "Why does he have eyeliner on?" He wouldn't <laughs> let me get all of the eyeliner off of his face. He's like, "It's fine." So no. just like it, it made it look even worse. But we had a great time. Horses yes. emo. <laughs> I slept in my makeup. It was great. Uh, well, real quick before we get into uh, the Mandalorian in this episode, I have to ask you because you're your first time guests. I ask everyone this. Uh, well, Adam, we'll start with you. Who is your favorite, like lesser known, underappreciated Star Wars character? Who's your glupshido? Someone that you think you could maybe be the biggest fan of in the world? Uh, Kellerman Beck. <laughs> uh, do Ooh. I do that? No. I think uh, you. I think you can. I. I think that's a great time answer to do that. Yeah. Um, I. Th I was thinking about this a lot yesterday, and then um, this morning was wild. So uh, I was distracted and didn't didn't come up with a 
a less obvious answer. So I'll go with that because today is, is that man's day. Today of all days. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, like, I don't know if it's lesser known anymore. At one point, Cobb Vanth was, was for sure lesser known. And once you put like handsome Timothy Oliphant, who's also hilarious, who clearly just has everything going for him. Now he's in Star Wars. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that, that's my guy. Love Cobb Vanth. Yeah. He can't have it all. He, but I, he does. Apparently he can. I know he does. He's, he's also, on his way. I know we were just talking about, I, I brought up Conan uh, before we were recording, but him and Conan, there's like two podcast episodes and Timothy Oliphant is like the funniest person on earth. And I'm like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. You do have it all. We should get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll find a way. Uh, that he doesn't have it all yet. Once he's on Star Wars Explained, then yeah. he'll have it yes. all. Yeah, the circle will be complete. <laughs> I love both of those answers because, I mean, A, they help us segue right into The Mandalorian. Mm. They're both correct answers. I mean, yeah. answer is correct, but I, Cobb Vanth is one of my uh, favorite characters as well. And I think Keller and Beck today just, like, jumped to the top just for, like, the memory of today and how it happened. I, I think I'm always going to remember that. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, so let's just jump into Chapter 20, The Foundling. Uh, Nick, what was your immediate reaction to watching this episode? Um, immediately, I was very pumped. I, I'm really feeling like this fever dream when I'm seeing Bo-Katan just being a Mandalorian at this point. Like, I'm I'm like, what is going on? You know, like, I, is the armor being, like, totally truthful and accepting? Like, I don't know. So I, I really like their covert on the beach. All of, It's so cool. I loved seeing them train. There was something... I think there were a couple of real Game of Thrones-ish things, including some of the soundtrack, like the, the music in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, so I was getting that vibe. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting to, to Keller and Beck. Uh, it, in a good way, seeing him and hearing his name took me out of Star Wars for a minute. And I, I was just really happy for the human actor named Ahmed Best, you know, and it took me out of a speeder chase in Coruscant. And I was just stoked for him as an actor. I mean, a lot of people aren't going to know who that is. So that's cool. It's just going to go over their heads. Um, so in a Star Wars like community sense, I was really happy for him and for people like us who are just like, oh, my God. Um, but I, I thought the episode was great. I, I'm really like I'm itching for more, you know, what's going on with Bo-Katan and the Mythosaur. And and I truly think that the as the season goes on, the armor and Bo-Katan are going to be the ones at odds. So we'll see. I hope I'm right because I see something going on there. I can um, see that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm curious. Yeah. Did, did either of you watch Jedi Temple Challenge while it was on? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, of it, yeah, yeah. That became like a weird Wednesday night, uh, <laughs> a reoccurring thing for us. Like mm -hmm. we would have a few drinks, watch this kids uh, kids performance show, yeah. <laughs> game I show, don't know what game show, yeah. uh, and then we absolutely fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. So it, it was something when they announced it. I was like. Yeah, we'll watch it. Like, I loved Legends of the Hidden Temple growing up. So it was like, we'll check it out. I'm sure it'll be kind of cute and fun. Uh, but the fact that it came out, like, in the height of the pandemic, everything was locked down. And, yeah, it it might have been on, like, around the same time as the Clone Wars. I feel like we did something all day. And then that night, 
we would be like, let's kick back with a drink. We'll choose a color. I was like team orange, Molly's team blue. And then we would just root for the kids. <laughs> and, and like we watched every episode as a ritual. And Jin, like Molly has the hoodie and happened to be wearing it this morning in our reaction, which Amazing. was nice. Working out. Yeah. Like just we had no idea. So that was just we are genuinely fans of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did uh, those Halloween costumes. Was that two years ago? It was 2020. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we dressed up as the kids. Yeah, <laughs> twenty twenty. Uh, just it, it it exists on its own plane at this point. I think that In the year world happened. between worlds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it there where it belongs. <laughs> uh, Adam, what was your reaction to the episode? Uh, much the same as Nick's. I I had I had one of those experiences, like I've had a handful of times with The Mandalorian and you know, season seven of the Clone Wars, where I'm just, I'm getting goosebumps right now, like, where I'm, I'm just so thankful, I'm taken out a little bit, because I'm just like, part of my brain is just thanking Dave Filoni and John Favreau in real time, like, in the real world, and the other part is so deep in the Star Wars universe, I'm, I just keep saying to myself over and over, like, oh my god, they're doing it, oh my god, they're doing it, I can't, oh my god, you know, I watched the whole thing like this, like, once it happened, I was just like, <laughs> like I couldn't Gotta believe punch. I saw a mad best on screen like oh my god I just I was I was taken out Nick like you said but in the best way you know because it is such like a community thing to support that dude and and see him kind of come back from the dead in a way literally almost dead I mean the dude was literally suicidal 10, yeah. 15 20 years ago over the Jar Jar thing so God, I was just so completely overjoyed and he killed it. And it was like, talk about like the the best second ch chance redemption situation of all time. This dude to play the hero who saves this generation's most beloved Star Wars character. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. one of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah. And now it's, yeah. it's Ahmed Best there. It's not a digital performance, like mm -hmm. not, not hating on digital performances at all, but like, that's his face. He is kicking so much ass and he yes. is just like protecting light and life. Yeah. Yes. Protecting, I, God, I, I love everything about yeah. it. D during I, yeah. our reaction, uh, when he showed up and as soon as he said that line, everything's going to be all right, kid. Mm -hmm. I started to well up because I was like, he might as well be saying that to his uh, oh my God. past yeah. self, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and like, point. This is the uh, the ultimate healing experience for him, for mm -hmm. fans of him. It was just beautiful. Yeah. Is, yeah. is this the ultimate? Is this the number one fan service that Star Wars has like ever had? Like, what could be more fan? This is only for fans. Like, my yeah. mom doesn't know who that is. No one, like, so many people do not know uh, who fair. I'm invested. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good point that it is very uh, deeply rooted in so many things. It works on multiple levels because it works on the Ahmed best level. Mm -hmm. It also works for the story. Like if you know Keller and Beck, you're like, yeah, he's a teacher. He dedicated mm -hmm. his life to younglings. This yeah. is a perfect choice yeah. to mm -hmm. have him save Grogu. <sighs> but all, and then you keep going and it's like, this is all in a flashback that's been set up by the armor to say like, we all are shaped by our trials and adversity, which I think that's putting it lightly. Mm -hmm. What, 
Ahmed Best went through, but like it fits in with the themes of the episode. It's it's not just fan service, but it, it hits you on so many levels. That's what I felt. So like. many layers. When, when we saw, well, first we heard the name. They were like, "Get him to Kellerin," and Molly and I both go like, "Kellerin Beck." I thought of <laughs> then, I thought for a split second maybe that was a planet, and then we were like, "No, Kellerin Beck. That's that's." Ahmed Best's character's name, right? We both just kind of went, Keller and Beck? Really? And like kind of perked up. And it still didn't register in my head that like that we might see Ahmed Best on screen until those doors open. And we were like, oh my God. And I just <laughs> felt like all those emotions, all that history as a Star Wars fan hit me at once. Mm -hmm. And like I just started tearing up immediately watching him also be the sabered hand. Like that's his nickname yes. yeah. as a teacher. And I'm like, he's he's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. I yeah. love that scene so much. Yeah, I, I same thing. I teared up immediately and just couldn't stop the whole time. I was I was just like crying for this human being, like we keep saying. And the again, Order sixty six, like they can hit us with it a hundred times, <laughs> and it's still as devastating every time. But in this case, like uplifting you know because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like by the skin of his teeth just like you know it wasn't like a a lightsaber went by right by grogu's face and you know kind of suspense scary moment it was like it was a a hero's uh hero yeah. savior moment you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh god it was just so good and every time i think about it i just I tear up again that's I've I've been on just the verge of tears all day because I keep like yeah. I'm writing about it. I'm looking at images from it like I'm basically going frame by frame through to get good screen grabs. And I'm just like, God, this is so, so mm -hmm. good. We're also seeing yeah. like so much more of Coruscant too. Yeah. like I wasn't expecting to go back there after the last episode. And we went back through the same area where that mountaintop is. Yeah. And we saw even yep. more of Coruscant like that that shit looks so so good yeah there was in the tunnel too, right that's the uh the shortcut right yeah i think mm -hmm. so yeah and it can yeah. shortcut right <laughs> there Stabby. was also just I, I don't remember seeing the temple on fire the jedi temple on fire mm. but there was a, a scene in this you know i think when he was on the speeder um i'm like yeah i kind of forget that, like how in ruins that was because of order 66 yeah. it was just there was like so many flames uh and just seeing like Order sixty six as like not so uh, focused on a Jedi, like seeing it spread out into Coruscant and become a chase and all this yeah. stuff. It's it's like okay, yeah. we've seen it in the temple before, and now you're you get to see it like kind of spread around Coruscant a little bit more, which was pretty interesting. And how many think, more yeah, of those I, were there? How many other chases and stuff? You know, you think yeah. about like yeah, saying, it like gunships are just shooting buildings yeah. as they're trying to shoot <laughs> yeah. Jedi down. <laughs> Avenger style, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that there was something else I wanted to bring up. I, I guess it's just that the extra level of like we talked about Cobb Vanth. That was just a, a very rewarding feeling. Uh, if you read the books and you're like, wait, are they really going to bring this minor book character into this live action series? But to to do that for Jedi Temple Challenge, like I, I also <laughs> think that that's got to be very vindicating for. Mm -hmm. Uh, the people who worked on that show, uh, which it genuinely was a very fun show. So, so not just Ahmed Best, but just having watched that and knowing his character from that, like he has a great sense of humor. I thought he was very funny. 
as the host, but then to see him get to be the more serious kick-ass version, uh, the flip side of just the teacher, mm. I thought was great. And on so that, good. not to not to like just keep going with Ahmed Best, but I mean, as as I, you, I knew we were going to for a while. <laughs> <laughs> as you undoubtedly know, Liam Neeson talked about how much he loved him when they were shooting the Phantom Menace and how funny he was and how surprised he was that he got all the hate because I think the quote was something like, I thought this guy was going to be the next Eddie Murphy. He was yep. so mm-hmm. funny, so witty, so personable. So it, it's it's great when, you know, something like that that show lets him do it a little bit, you know, lets him bring out some of that personality. And then, like you said, he gets to be a badass too. That's yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of articles written. Uh, I think we even said it tonight. Like, I, I get what people mean when they say uh, redemption for Ahmed Best. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't, th- th- he doesn't need redemption. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. I hope this is redemption for the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. That we, right. like, now we see him and we're like, yeah, you should have had this love all along. Yeah. And he's getting it now. And yeah. It feels it's more like good. justice for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's well. a better way to put it. And we talk about, you know, when, when we first started our podcast and we were really just covering movies and shows and just the, the basic Star Wars stuff, we talk a lot about expectations. And like every, starting with what, Return of the Jedi probably, every single Star Wars thing has like, every Star Wars series or movie, comic book, anything has like astronomical expectations that ultimately like, almost can't be lived up to at this point so like as a fandom goes it becomes this like learning how to interpret and accept star wars like it really is like a personal thing like if you're gonna let something like there's probably people out there i assume that are pissed that i'm at best within the episode last night you know so it, it really just has to do with like the right amount of expectations which i still like struggle with here and there you know sure, like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I all we've thought about for a year and this is a conversation we had going into like the rise of skywalker or the last jedi like who's raised parents who's snoke and then when like you don't get the answer you want of course you're going to be like let down a little bit but that has so much to do with like you not mm-hmm. star wars it has yes. everything to do with you so like that's such a big thing with like last night the couple of seconds of confusion that i was like that that's who saved grogu okay you know like but then second watch you know by the end of the episode and then second watch i'm like this is pretty cool this is like a really good like especially with a lot of points you're you're all making that like he was the teacher of children and all this stuff like it's there's thought put into it absolutely yeah yeah and that's what like we we all speculated for two years once uh, Ahsoka said someone took him from the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. and of course we're all like Quinlan Voss like look at this yeah, insignia yeah. on the wall was it Barisafi yeah. did the Bad Batch teleport from <laughs> that one planet to come yeah. save like what <laughs> that like so many theories and it, it does build up expectations I never once expected Keller and Beck I should point yeah. out there were a couple people that tweeted that two years ago just well, kind of like yeah it's wild uh, uh RM Network on Twitter Someone tagged me in a tweet that they sent to us two years ago, and they were like, "Maybe Keller and Beck." No and I was way. like, "Holy <laughs> crap, that's amazing!" That's um, like that guy from The Good Place, the one that got it right that they have framed. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. The Good Place. <laughs> yeah, he needs to frame that tweet. <laughs> but like that, I, this is one of the times where we did. I, I built up expectations and speculation and all that, but the answer we got, I was like, "This is so much better," and I never would have thought of it. 
Mm-hmm. I never yeah, would have same. been like, it should be Keller and Beck. Yeah. But I'm just over the moon. Good for so, him, okay. man. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy about it. We we should probably talk about the the other half of the episode. <laughs> other two thirds. It's like two thirds of the episode. Yeah. Right? I mean, the show is called The Mandalorian, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, give me the adventures of Keller and Beck, which I, I I should well, say quickly, we're probably. Oh yeah, I should I should tr- show my drawing. I forgot that I tried to draw Keller and Beck. Nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> on on my whiteboard here, but yeah, I I had to draw him. And I ran out of room to draw the lightsabers, but I got a little color in there. <laughs> well, uh, I job. ran out of time, but I also uh, just drew my favorite scene. <laughs> and so that's, uh, okay, I, wait a minute. That that there, I set the bar real low. So okay, I I feel like I ran out of time also, and also ran out of artistic creativity. Here here's here's my drawing of Bo-Katan Bo-Katan dreaming. Where's where's my camera? Bo-Katan dreaming of the Mythosaur, but I just wrote oh. the word Mythosaur. I, I don't want to draw it anymore. I think I, I've, I've no more to art left in me. <laughs> I've had a challenging morning, so I didn't uh, draw anything. But I had a great idea in my head. I was going to do Jar Jar as Keller and Beck with oh, Grogu. Yeah. Uh, but, Ooh, you know, like it's the thought that counts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. I, that's, I, I, I had no time today. I, like, forgot until five minutes before we started. But... <laughs> Uh, okay, let's dive into the Mandalorian part of this episode, uh, which still, I, I, I'm always impressed that I, I think they do a great job of tying flashback stories, present day stories together that, yeah, the, the flashback, all the all the Keller and Beck stuff was about protecting a child. And, and same thing for the present day story. We're still about like protecting the next generation, teaching the next generation as well. Um, Right at the start, we see Din, like, kind of putting Grogu into the deep end as he challenges Ragnar Vizsla to, <laughs> to a duel. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to throw that, that to you, Molly, because I I know you had a lot of noises to make while that <laughs> that was happening. I, I was just like, oh, 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 like it didn't seem fair, but I yeah, I didn't really know how to feel about. Din just wanting to throw him into combat training because it made me think of like however long he was training with Luke Luke was probably instilling all of this knowledge about not fighting and not using the force to fight and you know all of that stuff uh, the Jedi way stuff so for him for Din to be the one pushing him to challenge this kid to a fight i was like that must be so confusing for him but i guess he he did choose this life instead of the life of a jedi so it's it's tough to imagine what's going through his mind and if he is still struggling with the idea of not using the force uh for combat reasons or if he's like yeah no i'm ready to become a Mandalorian and fight yeah. and get my armor and start talking so I can get my helmet. 
those looks that he was giving Mando, there was like two shots of them that were like the looks my dog give me when it, he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, is that okay? You know, it's like, can I do this? Like there were two, I, I'm still amazed every time I see Grogu that it's the cutest thing I ever saw, you know? And like, <laughs> now you're starting to get like little accessories on him. Like how cute was his little like gauntlet? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like I never even, like his little toy like he has toys now you know <laughs> and i i just literally like giddy thinking about his little gauntlet and him i think din was like just squeeze your fist to like shoot the dart i'm like yeah squeeze your little fist grogu plus bo-katan being the one to like kneel down and yeah, yeah, yeah. and hook it to his little little hand i was like what are we seeing on tv right now yeah. this is crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting little dynamic of kind of a mother father situation almost of, of yeah. her being like, don't, don't worry. My dad was the same way mm -hmm. and like go easy on Ragnar, all that. that. I thought that was an interesting way that they are positioning Bo-Katan now. Mm. Yo, speaking of mother father, something just popped in my head as you said that when Mandalorians are married and they um, do the business, Helmets on, helmets on for that too. Oh, <laughs> helmets on or off. Mm. I get like, obviously it would be different for uh, Bo-Katan, Satine, like anyone from the Clone Wars era, yeah. but the children of the watch, I guess you'd have to ask Paz Vizsla, but yeah. I, I don't know if Ragnar <laughs> is his biological son or his foundling son. Yeah. Right, right. Because I mean, I think that uh, Mandalorians like Din treats Grogu like that is my son. Mm -hmm. And so right. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, that brought That's me a to great question, Adam. One, <laughs> one of the question. things that I had, one of the things that I had trouble with in this episode was when they're off and around the fire and Bo-Katan's like, how do we eat without taking our helmets off? Mm -hmm. You just go find a, a quiet spot off to yourself and then go eat by yourself. I was like, no. that is so depressing. I, I was just like taken aback by the idea that that's how they do that. I was yeah. like, yeah, like what's a family sucks. dinner? Does every, is, the, <laughs> is it like a reverse table? Like you sit and <laughs> yeah. face each other yeah, or face away? I, like what? I'm so all for weird. hopefully by the end of this season. This is why I want the armor in Bo-Katan to be at odds because I want mm. I want the way to be gone. You know, I want the helmet. I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a <laughs> Something I was thinking about earlier today is that sometimes they say, this is the way. And you're like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they say it and you're, you roll your eyes. And yeah. I, I love that it, it feels to me like I, I, I grew up very religious. So it's the def definition of, or the difference between faith and religion where like faith is good. It, mm -hmm. it, it, at its core, I think it's good where it just can help people remember to care about one another but mm -hmm. when you get really deep in religion you start to care about all these different weird rules mm -hmm. and so yeah. Paz Vizsla twice I think in this episode said this is the way the first time he was like you get to sit next to the fire because you're the hunt leader mm -hmm. bye this is the way and you're <laughs> like oh Paz what are you doing but then later when his son is saved he and Din share a, this is the way and you're like yes because it's a universal thing that like we should just protect children and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. like that, that way, this is the way feels good. 
but the other stuff, all their helmet rules, like that's what I want to get rid of. Throw yeah. away your rules. Just like be be chill. Everyone be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way. That's let's, the way. Yeah, that's going to be the like new saying. How about a seventy-five twenty-five? You know, like twenty-five yeah. percent off. Let's let's a little work. bit of give. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I really I, I like the phrase. I think it would be awesome if at some point that covert they all have their helmets off and they do something sick together mm-hmm. and they say this is the way and you're like there you go the yep. new way yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's something also very awesome in meta about the phrase this is the way like since the first time that we heard it a couple years ago it's become this like new mantra like it's i use it in texts a dozen times a day mm-hmm. even with people who aren't really into star wars it's just such a thing now it's also like really cool how it's used as a writing device and this this appeals to to like the uh you know the star wars explained wikipedia kind of like angle on things it's a it's a way to do exposition it in a way that's not just like an exposition dump like if you really were trying to learn like what are the actual ways of the mandalorian like what are what are the rules of the children of the watch they do something din says this is the way and you're like oh well check that one off yeah put that on the list i know that about them now and i know this about them and there's a favreau just does a really good job of doing exposition in that way where he shows there's a little bit of dialogue with the tag this is the way and he shows things that help fill out that you know wikipedia article just like how how whistling birds work now we know (laughs) You do the yeah. fist thing, you know, yeah. you, uh, th- this is how you eat. This is how you do this, you know? So I enjoy that from like an OCD angle also. It's just, <laughs> it's very, uh, it's satisfying. Yeah. I, I liked how this, everything with the Mandalorians, there were no real faces. You got, you had Grogu and you had masks. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. all we got, but like it worked because we've gotten used to, like paying close attention to the little mannerisms Mm -hmm. that everybody does. And like everyone in those suits is doing a stellar job at acting the hell out of these scenes because it's hard when you can't have your face to like use your eyebrows and your eyes to, to convey emotion Mm -hmm. and and your mouth. And like Bo-Katan did get to take her helmet off once that I just remembered that. But other than that part, no faces. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, there's so much to do. I mean, we talk about, you know, the the score a lot that helps, uh, you know, portray feeling. But then also whoever the, like, director of photography or just the director in general. Like, there's so many, like, pushes on, you know, camera pushes and angles and stuff that are, like, these subliminal things that really do help where we're, we're borderline sometimes... Uh, have we have chills and we're crying and you're looking <laughs> at the screen and it's just a mask <laughs> you know there's no emotion coming at us but it's it's they are really truly portraying the feeling that they want us to all have it's 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 great that's i i was probably still writing off of the keller and beck stuff but when they're pushing in on paz visla and he's like thank you I was like, oh, look at how nice and like appreciative he is. And I was like, wait, he's like, I can't see his face, but I, <laughs> yeah. I still feel that. Yeah. What's cool so- is that that scene, I think the angle is kind of like the camera's looking downward at him just a tad. All the scenes where he's trying to be big and intimidating, the camera's slightly lower. Right, right. So he looks bigger, more intimidating. 
Plus, he's just a huge guy, so yeah. that's easy for him. Yeah, is that combine that Favreau's shit in... voice, or was it ever? It was. Right? I, I think I think it's Favreau's voice. It still is. Okay. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Credit to the actors, for sure, because we talk about this on the show quite a bit. Mask work is like a, a specific acting discipline that is taught. You know, it's like a theater thing that isn't necessarily standard acting. Uh, you know, and you know, if you go to, if you just want to be like a Hollywood actor and you're not, you're not planning on wearing helmets per se, you may not learn that. But it, it's a skill. You know, to use those little mannerisms to portray, like you said, all the stuff that you can't do because your eyebrows and everything else that we know to look at is, is obscured. So credit to the actors, but like you're saying, Molly, the director, the direction is so huge because those are the little subtle things that most people don't understand, but they subconsciously tell us so much about a person's, you know, like the power dynamic in a scene or in a shot. And it's just expertly done. We're lucky mm-hmm. as hell to have this. I just, I can't. And I can't think about enough. who's actually it's Latif and Brendan Wayne. Like, mm-hmm. like they're stunt people. They they act with their bodies, so they're they're yeah. truly like the perfect people for this role. Which and, is so and, glad and, that they're finally getting more recognition. Yeah, yeah and the this. credits and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Adam, great point about the direction. Like, shout out to Carl Weathers. I am oh, yeah. loving seeing him come back. Uh, for for a different kind of episode, Molly like just got it into my head because it's true. In season one, his dialogue, when he delivers lines, it seems like you're getting ready for a theme park ride <laughs> in a good yeah. way. It's just very yeah. over the top and like bombastic. And then his episode last season uh, was like a theme park ride. Like you, you go off the big jump and you're racing through the canyon and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is fun. But I, he got to do stuff still a bit of a theme park chase uh but i I thought that he uh, did so much today Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it was just fantastic yeah the only thing i'm disappointed in is the fact that he didn't get to direct the premiere with the giant alligator to you know redeem (laughs) peterson Mm -hmm. damn alligator (laughs) bit my hand off (laughs) cut me down in my prime there was the alligator in this one, though. It was yeah. more of a, like, there's always a bigger fish moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. The, one of the other things that bugged me about this episode, just the Mandalorian stuff in general, these are, like, little nitpicks, but I was like, why are they still training on this beach? Mm-hmm. There's a giant, <laughs> oct- a giant alligator monster. There's giant dinosaur birds coming to yeah. steal children. Like, maybe find somewhere else to That's train. That's what I was saying. Like, what? who chose this planet? And why haven't you left? I love that they're all just shooting their weapons into the water. Like, yeah. just in case that turtle dinosaur comes back. <laughs> yeah. So, so weird. And then, uh, we talked about this earlier, Alex. The, the scene where... Din and Paz go off on their jetpacks and then we don't know how far they actually went but for the people watching this as a TV show it happened so quickly they were like oh, out of fuel yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it felt like they didn't get very far it at all it looks so like it just they like, went pretty far what like a clock about. wipe maybe as a transition to let us know it, it was a while yeah it just in my head it's Star Wars so I was like unlimited fuel in those jet packs. Right. Yeah. I never would have thought that yeah. <laughs> like, not, oh, I'm out of juice. Not for long distance travel, which is a understandable. Pretty bad. Did they walk so... back though? No, I think Bo Bo 
broader oh, yeah. ship. I Bo must have picked them up. Well, no, they were that's... already back by the time were she they? landed again. Yeah, I was <laughs> I trying know. to work that on my head. I was. I had to watch weird. it again. Maybe they're solar powered. They just had to recharge, <laughs> yeah. so they walked back a bit. <laughs> Bo flying around in her gauntlet is one of my new favorite things. Yeah. I love that ship so so mm -hmm. much. Yes, like even the inside of it looks really cool. Like where mm -hmm. where she sits. To, to pilot it but that scene or that that shot of her in the gauntlet in the sunset with the dinosaur mm, yeah. bird so i was like this is so good i love yeah. this ship mm -hmm. uh okay here's here's a nitpick to end all nitpicks ain't no way they fit all those mandalorians and those three <laughs> baby birds in that ship when yeah. they all came Clown out car style yeah <laughs> i was relieved because i i i, I when they killed the mother bird, I was like, oh, but those babies are dead. So yeah, I was so bummed. Yeah. Yeah. In I, I, like they, they did a great job of non fatally attacking the creature to get Ragnar back. And I was like, good for all of you. And then the turtle dinosaur got it. But I'm so glad that in a story about protecting the next generation, they were like, okay, we can't let okay. all those <laughs> babies die. Yeah. Cause that, that's the one nitpick that i've been vocal about we tr we try to like keep it fully positive on thing to maker but i'm vocal about being not at all on board with the idea that you have to kill some giant animal who's just trying to survive every other adventure you know yeah. a lot of them <laughs> it's just i mean favreau that's his thing i guess you know kill the beast and i'm just i'm not on board so when that ending happened it it really it made me feel better about the episode yeah. Yeah. And I like that Bo-Katan was the one that was like, here's you, here's some more foundlings for you. Yeah. yeah. What do you think That's about how it that? works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I assume by the end of the season, they're going to be riding those things. Yeah. That yes. was another Game of Thrones thing. I was like, mm. at first I was thinking like, oh, we have a Mythosaur, you know, eventually we'll have Purgle. I'm like, I, I kind of am like teaming up different characters with animals at this point, just figuring that they're all going to be on them flying around or Boba with a Rancor, you know? Like, I yeah. I don't I don't know who the, the antagonist is, but I could picture this, like, this almost like Avenger style, like every one of our favorite characters on some sort of animal. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to yeah. think of, assuming we're building the Thrawn, what he mm -hmm. could potentially ride. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or he's just like, oh, I was not expecting this. Yeah. He he befriended all those Pergil, and he's going to ride one. Nah, they don't like him. No way. <laughs> we don't know what happened isn't there, out there. Isn't there something in a comic or something? I'm picturing him young and shirtless. Is he riding some kind of animal in that? Or was he just standing atop of a bunch of people he just slayed? What am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of the comic uh, adaptation of his novel. Mm -hmm. That's when he escapes, yeah, long right? Hair. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's yeah. an ATST in that comic. Okay. Which, I think you know, that's what... it's like, Which it's like a robot can, animal. You yeah, can yeah. kind of ride. I guess that counts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so while well, we're talking about creatures, uh, that's a good segue into Bo-Katan. Uh, a, getting some new armor, which I really liked that. When you saw her shoulder pauldron fly yeah. off, it was like, ooh. I was I was kind of hoping we get a Bo-Katan flashback because that seems to be yeah. just what yeah. happens. I wanted you, the armor <laughs> room to be the new Boba Fett back uh, to yeah. tank. Like every time we went in there, <laughs> yeah. we got yeah. flashbacks. It kind of is. It really clicked yep. in this one. Like every time she starts hitting that thing, it's like, where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going back? 
I still I, like, think I assume that's some... metaphorical, but I wonder if it really does have mystical powers to, to transport you <laughs> to your past. Oh yeah, she said that it can pinpoint weaknesses or something mm -hmm. like that. She's... It's like a like a hypnotism thing. It's like the 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 tea and the spoon you know, taking <laughs> yeah, you to the yeah, second yeah. place. You know, it's the yeah. ding ding. I mean, really, yeah. what what do we need to know in Bo's past besides like how she lost the dark saber? Right, that's probably like top of the list. Well, that's assuming. the big thing. Yeah, it, it's it's. Nothing that we need to know, mm -hmm. but my parents can yeah, be yeah. filled in on <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. And which I, I meant to bring this up earlier, but I, I would be curious to hear from someone who didn't know who Keller and Beck was, like if that landed for them or not. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents called me today while I was in the middle of writing. They were like, how was the Mandalorian? We're going to watch mm -hmm. it tonight. I was like, it was awesome. I'm excited for it about, or I'm excited about it for reasons you will not understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, our guitar tech, Bon, who Nick knows as well, huge Star Wars fan, but he didn't know. He recognized the actor's face vaguely, but was still, you know, still enjoyed it just as much for the Order 66 flashback, which is always great, and then all the Mandalorian stuff. But he, he was intrigued, so mm -hmm. I would guess that that's most people's thing. Like, mm -hmm. ooh, this guy was awesome. He has to be somebody important. So. Yeah. I definitely saw a spike in my Keller and Beck video from two years ago today. Yeah, I went I went in and looked at the comments and sorted by new, and a bunch of people were like, "Hoo hi from the future." Uh, yeah, that that's an interesting idea that like someone would be like, "Ooh, who's this guy?" And then they just watch Jedi Temple yeah, yeah. Challenge. Yeah, mandatory viewing Jedi Temple Challenge. Star Wars Double Dare. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, guy, I wanted to be on that show so bad. Just so like guts, me and guts Molly and four children. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, just shove them and I'm out of the, uh, out of the way. Out of the way. <laughs> Kick you? Kick you? <laughs> Trip? I don't think they would want us to do that though. <laughs> Alright, I got a little sidetracked but I wanted to bring up Bo-Katan and her admission or at least her attempted admission at seeing a mythosaur mm -hmm. to, yeah. to the armorer. And the armor just being like, oh, oh sure you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cute, honey. Yeah. yeah. Basically right. just patted her on the head. Yeah. When you walk the way, you see all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> Which You're, you must that, be new here. That was shocking to me that uh, she brought it up like that. I, I wasn't expecting her to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> like, she why was just the... like, why the armor and not din? Like, why did both right, the yeah. armor and not din? Yeah. Interesting. And it, it kind of plays into what you're talking about, the, that there could be a power dynamic between them mm -hmm. that I wonder if the armor internally is like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, there's yeah. a Mithisar. <laughs> but she's like, yeah. nope, you didn't see that. You didn't. I'm going to, I'll yep. be, I'm just leaving for no Total reason. misdirection. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I would, was hoping for some Bo-Katan flashbacks because I want to see uh, first First of all, I want to see her dad. I think that would be cool to see because she brought him up. But I want to see what her life was like back when not she didn't necessarily follow the way, but she was more into the traditions. Mm -hmm. And then I still don't know if it's going to come up all of her stuff with Death Watch, but like that would be cool to see in a flashback if it comes up because it might that's i i feel like it should at some point we, we made a joke today during our reaction that vizsla said something to her 
like called her a night owl derogatorily or something and then like as he's walking yeah, yeah. off it's like also uh you knew my dad bye mm-hmm. it's like yeah has visla and pre visla are related like he, i would think he would know who bo-katan is yeah but because yeah. bo-katan is like having her world shaken up so much it'd be interesting to see like her some flashbacks to how she used to think and how she was raised because she was basically royalty um, and probably heard a lot of stories about mythosaurs and tales and maybe was like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. All of that stuff is so interesting. Talking about direction and the way they block things and how they position characters. There's such a, there's been such a huge shift in the past episode and a half from her like dismissive sitting on the throne like yeah you and your stupid religion all this kind of crap to you know and, and talking about royalty too she has this like aware of her privilege yet still feeling like she deserves things kind of privilege vibe to being framed in a way like in in the scene she's she's down lower she's sitting she's got this tone in her voice when she's asking like is it cool if I put the mythosaur on my pauldron? You know, like everything mm-hmm. about her voice and her body language is so different now. I, I, and I don't know if there is going to be conflict or if she's just like now just seeking approval. Yeah, and like the, she keeps looking over to the mythosaur skull that they've got hanging in there, but the armor is like in between her and that skull. Oh, yeah. so she's kind of ha- has to like keep looking past like the armor. That. Yeah. Like the mythosaur is the she... symbol of like true faith and you have yeah. the the rule maker yeah. in the middle. Nice Molly. That's smart. <laughs> well, I, I mean to, to you know <laughs> you, to you ex- a, a expound on expound on like what Molly's saying. I mean it really before the way existed, the the way like Mandalore existed, right? Like the the way came after. Like that sect, that cult came after. So the true leader of mandalore needs to be riding on a mythosaur with the with the dark saber you know mm-hmm. so so bo-katan sees that well she's the only one that knows a mythosaur actually exists and din is right there with the dark saber so she's like wow i, I think i could do this i think the pieces are here <laughs> i yeah. can rule everybody again hmm. we'll see. god they're stacking it up they're stacking the deck yeah. i'm so pumped <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting what they're doing and now that we're halfway through the season, I I, I think that it, the whole show has gone, the season has gone faster than I thought it would. I mm-hmm. thought Minds of Mandalore would be the end game. Um, but I, I think things will probably continue to pick up. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam, where I don't know where Bo-Katan is headed. She yeah. does seem a little more like, I, I, I think that she is one of the foundlings of the episode. You have Grogu and Ragnar, but... Also, Bo-Katan is like, how do you eat here? And, like, she's being taught basic rules. So I, I kind of see her as being this newbie to the group that is kind of finding her way and, and acceptance. And she hasn't pushed back once. You notice, like, she's been asking those questions and she's just kind of following along now. And I mean, she, mm-hmm. she did lose her she's the last of her line she's mm-hmm. basically an orphan she just lost her home she has nowhere yeah, to go no people exactly. so uh, l- last week i was like is she playing the children is she happy about this but this week i i think that she is 
feeling some comfort there. But I'm hoping that like they find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she helps the armor chill out, but the armor can also help Bo find her her faith and her hope again. Mm-hmm. When when right. was it that Din uh told them, told all of them about the fact that Mandalore is not poisoned, the the air is breathable. Was that this episode or was the last one? That was last week. Last one. Okay. I keep waiting for that to come back up. Like for someone to be like, can we maybe go to Mandalore and check it yeah. out? It's and cool especially there. now because Paz and Din are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they're going to want to explore that option. Yeah. I think with, I know last season, which I assume it worked as far as like the trailer came out for season two, almost all of the trailer footage was done in four up the first four episodes and Mm, then we got wild then we got ahsoka and luke and all this stuff you know so i would assume that same thing has happened and uh, you know i'm hoping and assuming that the next four are just like absolutely wild the only trailer shot i can think of Mm -hmm. off the top of my head because i'm waiting for carson teva to come back yeah yeah. uh yeah yeah I'm sure there's another shot or two, but I think for the most part, we've gotten through mm-hmm. the trailers. Well, we've got to go back to Navarro and mm-hmm. see what that oh, fight is yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we have to go back to the, or go to the droid bar, which we yeah. still haven't okay. seen. Yeah, okay, Molly's yeah. got scenes yeah. off the top of her head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I still wonder if he wants to try to get IG-11 back, which is mm-hmm. what we were thinking a couple episodes ago, why he might go to a, dro- a droid bar to find that one part. But yeah, we see a bunch of shots uh, of of all the Mandos on Navarro. On Navarro, yeah. Fighting, I assume the pirates come back. Yeah, that would make sense. We got to see that one pirate again, right? The yeah. Kale guy. Mm-hmm. You don't Seaweed bring in... Guy. Oh, yeah, well, what he... do people call him? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Old Greg? Thing. Yeah, that was <laughs> one. K- Kale Organa. Kale Organa, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? Um, he's he's being set up to be the big bad in um, uh, with the, one of Skeleton the shows. Crew. Skeleton Crew, yeah. I I, right? I read that rumor. I don't. I I'd be okay with that. The a bunch of scrappy kids fighting fighting vegetables <laughs> makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's uh, Veggie Tales meets um, <laughs> uh, you know what do you call it? Power the Rangers. damn movie, The Goonies. There you go. The Goonies, Goonies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um damn there's did another we, thing did we miss anything from the episode i think we've covered everything do we want to talk about ahmed best for another half hour i don't well, know i mean yeah. bring, bring back <laughs> there's gotta okay. be a reason for the the ship was a naboo ship yeah yeah okay there. where do so, we think oh, Nubian, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i was gonna ask uh any ideas about whose ship that is because that that model was phased out, you know, and it's like three degrees of separation removed from whatever, you know, what Padme was flying in, in episode three. Would that yeah. even be a royal I think ship? It, I or, think it was her ap- episode two ship. I think it was what they took from Naboo to Tatooine. Was that the H-type? That that was a J-type, right? The, was it a J-type? I think J-type. <laughs> Oh God, we're getting into it now. I think J-type was Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, the long 
skinny, right? On like mm-hmm. paper airplanes, chrome paper airplane style, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's I, what I've, I only watched the episode once, but that's what I thought it was. Because the, of... the episode two one was much wider, more like the yeah. SR-71 kind of thing. And then her... That's the one at the start of the uh, start of the movie. But then from Naboo to Tatooine and Tatooine to Geonosis, they take, I think, what we saw today. Okay. And then it was in the Clone Wars quite a bit. So I guess it's mm. just like a senator little shuttle. Something. Yeah, just like mm. a political or, mm. or who was a royal senator? Kind of... Who was a senator uh, then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're seeing, oh, a, lot of, we're seeing a lot of uh, Binks love yeah. in the chat. <laughs> well, my first thought was maybe Padme had something to do with sending it. But then thinking about thinking back to the scene of her uh, in Revenge of the Sith, seeing the temple on fire and being like I, I don't know what's going on what's going on when she's talking to Anakin I, I don't know that she would have had time to, to send help in that direction but Jar Jar yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's got nothing that's but kind of perfect yeah Just Grogu, uh, underwater this is what oh that I makes sense because he says these are he says these are my friends Ooh, I'm gonna take yeah. you to my friends it has to mm-hmm. be Jar Jar exactly I, I mean and then we could get Keller and Beck and Jar Jar in a scene together yeah and the I universe mean, rips open. <laughs> the time and space. Time space continuum. The world between worlds opens up. The Mortis gods walk out. Oh my god. And our faces melt. I have not seen this yet suggested, and I like it. Uh, Ooh. Sabe. She's been in the comics and the books a lot, She has too. been in the comics and the books quite a bit. They can still get Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Yep. She's barely aged. I mean, yeah. <laughs> throw her in there. Ooh, ah, I like that a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Jar Jar too, but my 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 reaction is always like, "Oh, I doubt it." But if you had told me Keller and Beck was going to yeah. save Grogu, I'd have been like, "No, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah." Keller and Beck from the YouTube uh, children's show. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just in the Mandalorian now. <laughs> my money's on on Jar Jar. It, it at the very least, it's my head cannon. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Gungans in general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm settling down for another two year wait to find out, and then yeah. it'll be something that we never considered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be one but of the contestants, one of the contestants from Jedi Temple. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Todd from <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> it could be the two droids that were with him. Yeah. I forget what they were called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my money's on Todd from Nebraska now. That's perfect. <laughs> I think we've covered everything in the episode. Uh, if there's yeah. anything else either of you want to bring up. Uh... I mean, last thing I'll say is you talk about, you know, we keep making the joke like this is the Mandalorian or this is the book of Boba Fett. Like, what are we doing? You know, and feeling like we're we're doing these major side quests or or, uh, you know, off topic flashbacks. But that flashback was fully about Grogu. And as far as I'm concerned, he is as much the Mandalorian as Din mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point. So. I mean, th- that this, qualifies. this series and Star Wars love to have like the double title yes. name. So huh, I never really thought about it that way. Like my assumption was always that this series would be about Din starting as a lowly bounty hunter covered in mud, rising to become Mandalore. But yeah, I like that too, that it's also about this foundling that is becoming a Mandalorian. Just yeah. The way this very episode, you could say the foundling is Grogu. I mean, Din was a foundling. It could be Bo-Katan. 
could be Ragnar, yeah. could be the three birds. Mm -hmm. Like, it could yeah. be anything. <laughs> Last question. What the hell is the helmet going to be shaped like? Do his ears just get smashed down? What are we talking they gotta, about? Here? They got to leave room for them to right? come out. Yeah. I yeah. showed this a couple episodes ago. I don't know if I'll be able to get it to focus, but someone made us this custom little figure. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. And his, his ears Great. are just popping out there. Yeah. They're so I unprotected, think... though. Yeah. That, that's a good uh, way to bring up we were talking about getting rid of rid of the way and the helmet rule and stuff. I kind of think that as Grogu builds up his suit of armor, that maybe the helmet will be the thing that breaks in mm -hmm. that maybe he'll yeah. go like, wait, 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 I wait, I can't see that face anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to hide that face. <laughs> yeah. Was this and the that, first time that the, it. I had one more tiny and consequential question? I, at the, Towards the beginning of the episode, we saw his like chainmail, like Beskar little shirt. Is that the first time we saw it just sticking out of his robe? Because then when she opened and put that little, what did she call it? A fondrel or something? The, just the round piece I of Beskar. Like then we saw the whole shirt. But previous to that, you saw it sticking out. And I was like, I don't think I remember seeing it sticking out. Like I feel like we knew he was wearing it, but we just didn't yeah. see it. We saw it in, the... in Book of Boba Fett, just right, right. barely peeking out at the yeah. top. Pulls it down. And he says, "Oh, you got the shirt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe you can see it throughout this season as well, a couple of times. But yeah, we Molly and I were talking about how the the extra plate seems a little redundant. Like, yeah. <laughs> seems a little flavor flavor style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> chain mail and now a big old circle. Which I get. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. But yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be at least shaped like more of a chest piece. But yeah, yeah. just a big. I thought she was making him a little shield, which I was yeah, like same. really excited for because then he could throw it like Captain America. He could still do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just like fits right on top of the shirt, which. Yeah. Okay. When's this kid going to get some new clothes also? Like he's walking around <laughs> in this burlap sack. And now he's got paint now, all over it. Now it's yeah. got paint yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. God, imagine a little like really nicely tailored and stitched Mandalorian undersuit with his little legs. Oh. I'm gonna die. Oh, by the way, like just watching him walk a little more, the yeah, way yeah. he kind of like shimmies, Models. I yeah. can't handle it. I, I just shake my head, like literally a hundred percent of the time. I'm just like, I can't believe how cute he is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not tired of it. It's getting cuter. Like, oh. and like it, I know there's a dude right behind him in a green like yeah. spandex suit, just like doing With this. The sticks. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care. So cute. <laughs> I did just watch Pedro on uh, Hot Ones, and they asked him a question. And there are apparently two um, Grogu's, like one that has more of like the facial kind of uh, aspect to him, and then there's like just more of like a, a puppety one. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, did you? Oh, here's another thing. Did you notice they did make him look a little younger in the flashback? Oh his yeah, ear, his ears seemed a little smaller right is even mm -hmm. liller yeah 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 <laughs> so cute <laughs> so little <laughs> did it also seem to you guys like they're they're leaning into the live puppet even for the running stuff like there was a little bit of cg in season one when they would do the wide shots mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it seems like even the flips and stuff like they're just taking the sticks yeah and, yep and doing this thing you know yeah which i mean you look at luke doing a flip in empire and it's you're like okay sure <laughs> yeah, you just hit the wires. We got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we so, know uh, what's going on. I don't care. Looks amazing. I'm happy. Trampoline about it. wires, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that behind oh. the scenes shot. Just sorry, off topic. When Vader throws Luke through in the Empire Strikes Back, throws him through the big window. 
have you seen the behind the scenes shot where the dude does the trampoline flip? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. that was so, <laughs> like one of the coolest behind the scenes shots ever. <laughs> Maybe someday they're gonna bounce the puppet off of a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just see oh, what happens. Boom! Yeah. Oh. It's a million dollar puppet. <laughs> At the end of the episode, when when they get back. And like all the other Mandos are like walking over to the the gauntlet to see what happened. He's just kind of like waddling along, and I'm like, someone pick him up. He yeah. he's he wants to see what happened too. But that that would just be me constantly picking him up if I were there. Yeah, <laughs> you look like you need help. Yeah, <laughs> and a hug and a squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> I do love that all the Mandalorians are fully on board with him. Like, yeah, he doesn't look like anyone else there. He uses the force. He is an enemy sorcerer. And they're all just like, yeah, he beat you, Ragnar. <laughs> Fair and square. <Yeah. laughs> well, wait, have they seen him use the force? Because those were crabs on the beach. They weren't. It was misdirection yeah. again. I, I guess they could just has. think he's a really good jumper. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, we Strong saw legs. Yoda doing that. So I mean, the armorer knows. Definitely. I don't know if the rest, if other people. Right. Yeah, that's right. true. They it's would like, all be like, a witch. <laughs> yeah, part of me thought that the armor would be like, ooh, that's against the rule. That the force is not the way, but she the the fact that even she was like, come on in, Grogu, let me make you some armor. Like that that made me happy. She is a character I keep going back and forth on, where she was awesome in season one, and then she got real into the rules and the book of Boba Fett. And now I'm like swinging the pendulum back the other way, where I'm like, okay. You're, yeah, you're the just, fact that yeah. the fact that she even entertained a conversation with Din when he came back to be like, "Hey, man, is it cool? How do I get back in the club?" You know, mm-hmm. like the fact that she even let him in the building essentially was some welcomed uh, character growth on mm-hmm. on my end. But it's interesting because I don't know. It's like you said. So it, at some point early on, you feel like she's going to be the ultimate antagonist, but now she. She's just kind of part of. I don't know. She's she plays it's a, an ambiguous role, a, a false yeah. sense of security right now. Yes, yes. Like, and yeah. then it's boom. She's so mysterious at mm-hmm. this point because she kind of is playing both sides a little bit. And mm-hmm. every time you think she's had enough and she's gonna snap, she she doesn't. Like I thought she would. I mean, she did have this one moment where she kind of stopped when Bo-Katan brought up the mythosaur. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, she seemed totally calm about it mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure you saw one. What's the running theory on who she could be? I saw uh, a photoshopped Emily Swallow photo the other day with uh, purple hair uh, from the Clone Wars. Uh, Rick Cast is that, that that's a, a popular one because she was part of the Maldalorians. So mm-hmm. the, the horns yeah, yeah, yeah. on her helmet. Yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe. I kind of think it's going to be, if it's someone we know, it won't be someone we expect, kind of like today. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm thinking she's just a new character. Yeah. That's, I that's would prefer my that, but expectation right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool well, show. I, yeah, great show. Well, Love th- it. <laughs> thank you both for coming and talking with us for an hour. I know you are about to go yeah. and record your own after show. <laughs> yeah. For Thank the Maker podcast. Oh, go ahead. I do want to bring up uh, two super chats. So, uh, first one was from Maddie Gunner. This is the collab I've been looking for. Much love to Thank the Maker. 
not just for being in three of my favorite bands, but showing that Star Wars is punk rock and the community they've created. Hell yeah, Maddie. Nice. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for being a patron also. We love Maddie. We're so excited to hang out with him in uh -huh. London. Yeah, celebration. Stoked. A proper uh, Londoner. And then Sean Room with a super <laughs> chat. Just a deep thank you for Mosh Eisley. Uh, it was the best, one of the best nights I've had in years. You all are the best. Thank you. Legitimately the best party I've ever been to in my life. That first <laughs> It one. was so much fun. Yeah. Both of them. It was I great. should, you know what? I'll publicly apologize uh, to Nick for drunkenly <laughs> making my way to the stage in Anaheim and being like, Nick, Nick. Can you, can you play Motion City soundtrack? Yeah. <laughs> and you did it. That was like easy. I, thank you, but also I'm sorry. No, no apology not accepted. I loved it. <laughs> I was just tired and delirious and drunk enough to be like, I am going to go make a request. It's great, you know. Like I, I did. I don't think you guys were there, but I did. Uh, Alex Backus from Black Series Rebels mm -hmm. in 2019. We did uh, on the Sunday night of celebration in Chicago. We did like a meetup there and played emo music. It wasn't like. Oh, no, we were there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys were there. Yeah, so, I remember. So that. that was like the initial idea. I was like, you know, like I had, there was like 80 to 100 people ish there that night on a Sunday and it was snowy and it was nowhere near the convention. Is it the, the nail bar? Uh, beauty called? bar. Beauty yeah, bar, yeah, yeah. Beauty bar, yeah, yeah. So I was, when we, you know, Thank the Maker was a thing already, I'm like, I feel like on a nice Friday or Saturday night in Southern California, close enough to the convention, we could, you know, we, we could have some fun. And I think the first one sold out in like a week and a half, you know, and then yeah. we did one in Vegas that wasn't connected to a convention. It was connected more to uh, the When We Were Young Festival. But me mm -hmm. and Adam were going to play anyway. So we're like, let's yeah. see what happens, you know, and that one, we had even more people than the first one. So uh so yeah, and now we have San Diego Comic Con in July, which should be great. So, it's it's fun. It's it's great. The Star Wars community is such a big thing that it's it, it's amazing to find your own little niches here and there. And this is one yeah. that like we're just so happy exists. And and uh, you know, hopefully we could just keep keep letting it grow. Just to fully clarify for anyone who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about <laughs> oh. this party is, is like a straight up star wars themed emo night essentially and it, most people are in costume i mean if you just go to at thank the maker on instagram you'll see pictures of whole crowds with lightsabers up everyone just like screaming their their lungs out and it's it's become this amazing thing and it, it right away it did at the celebration where people aren't just in costume as Star Wars characters. There's there's like this new little slice, this new niche, like uh, Nick saying, that is Star Wars punk rock, Star Wars emo, and like the, the mashup costumes or outfits or whatever that people are making are their own thing now. It's like we, we went from dressing up, you know, like actual Star Wars to now our, our Mosh Eisley cosplays or, or, <laughs> or Bounds yeah. or whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, but it's just, it's an awesome party. And I keep saying this, we just stumbled into this idea that ends up being the most perfect intersection ever of these two types of fandoms where for original Star Trek, you know, original, uh, I said Star Trek, original, uh, well, original kick trilogy, you off now. That's it. You one strike. See you later. 
<laughs> for for original uh, trilogy Star Star Wars fans, Star Wars is really punk rock. You know, mm-hmm. like the the fight against the rebellion is a very punk rock kind of thing, and the prequel trilogy is super emo. Like Anakin's the <laughs> most emo person in in, in history. So it's just such a perfect intersection of things and you know we we didn't we didn't realize that at the beginning it wasn't calculated in that way at all we just, it just kind of hit us it, it was really that night in anaheim i was like oh my god look what we did like well, look what we found yeah so i'm just i'm stoked as hell that it's working and we're stoked to just keep doing it every, every time we can yeah i i loved doing my emo dark ray mm-hmm. that yeah. night that was that was so fun. Yeah, my, my the second one in Vegas, I got a, a Han Solo vest, but I like had pins on it, patches. I put out like black little like spikes and stuff. So I went more like punk or emo. Like I had Han Solo pants on, so it wasn't necessarily like a bound or or cosplay, but it was just more like an in universe punk guy, <laughs> a Star Wars punk guy. <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. We need to throw. Uh, what's the from Visions? What's the punk rock band? Oh, oh yeah, Star yeah. Waver, yeah. Yeah, we need to throw that in the in the playlist. Ooh, yeah. It's a good idea. <laughs> and I, I get compliments on the shirt as well, just from like random people. Mm-hmm. Nice. They're like, what is that? That's cool. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mike Forrester, our boy, uh, Hondo Supply from Armor Party Podcast, who designs everything. He, he's also the unofficial fourth host of Thank the Maker, but he's just such a great designer. And I just, uh, again, I feel lucky that this is happening. It just the force. It's the force at work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you sufficiently plugged Mosh Eisley, but also uh, <laughs> yeah. quick, quickly tell everyone about Thank the Maker because uh, I know you're about to go record your own breakdown of the episode, so people can listen to that too. Yeah, Thank the Maker is uh, um, it's an audio podcast at this point. We're trying to make the transition to YouTube, but it's as you know a big jump. Um, it's three dudes from bands. It's Nick from Bayside. Uh, I'm from a band called Story of the Year, and Ryan Key, the lead singer of Yellow Card, is the third host. And it's you know it's a general kind of like Star Wars breakdown type podcast. We've covered all the movies. We've covered every episode of every show so far, uh, minus Resistance, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, either way, we um, we cover everything day of, and when we're off season, we we get some great guests. We had uh, um, Paul Sun Young Lee, I guess was the last big one on. And it's generally just about, you know, just like the title says, kind of like celebrating Star Wars and the things we love about it. It's not a review show. It's not, we're not critiquing anything per se. You know, if there's anything about anything we watch that we don't love, we just kind of don't mention it. There's enough negativity and crap out there. So we just, we talk about what we love. We share some of our insight as artists and how that applies to, you know, the creators of the show. And um, it's it's a pandemic project that's become like a full-blown passion project and now actually like a little part-time job. And we get to hang out remotely, the three of us, and be Star Wars bros every week. Yeah, it, it really was uh, at Celebration last year. The three of us were walking around on the first day pretty early on and normally people would come up to us and say hey love your band hey love your band literally for the first two hours people were just like love thank the maker guys love thank the maker and we all just kind of like had a moment where we're like it's really cool after like over two decades of being a musician and being in our bands and being known for that that like we got a little community created around like 
yes what we do but also star wars and it's just it's been so fun and uh you know as as adam mentioned there's plenty of negativity out there it's great to be able to contribute to positivity and 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 with my hopes kind of like almost like teaching people how to have fun with star wars again you know it's like yeah. it's yeah. it's really you kind of have to be reminded as an adult to how to connect to things that you used to connect to and love when you were a kid and and it wasn't really our mission statement but i think it became that is where it's like not, like Adam said also, like we kind of just don't mention things that we don't like. Not that we're not critical here and there, but a lot of times people just need to like hear other people have thoughts about something that they don't like in order to be like, this is how I process, processed it. Like yeah. that helped me hear you say that, oh. you know? Yeah, yeah, right. totally. Yeah, w Alex, when we started doing improv, I felt like that helped us out a lot to just yes and star wars yeah and yeah. i feel like that would help a lot of other people because the whole idea of improv is like learning how to pretend again mm -hmm. and just play and think think on your on on your feet and just kind of accept whatever gets thrown at you so since we got into improv classes and and watching a lot more improv i don't know like i just i, I yes and everything that gets sent my way that is star wars and i'm like okay this is this is cool. I don't hate it. Some things I might question, but I'm going to yes and it. So I think that would help a lot of people. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's one of my teachers taught me like improv is just learning to use your imagination again. And it's like something that just gets kind of beaten out of you at a certain point. And then just yes. being like, yeah. And even if you don't like a Star Wars thing, you can at least look at it and be like, what is it saying? And we can talk about it. Uh, now our dog is barking. But. <laughs> sorry that's finn finn did that sorry no it's all right like we understand because hilo will just uh, decide he's got to yell about something <laughs> occasionally and he has decided now now's the time that's I, I i can't like the weirdest thing about doing this channel is that if i could go back to uh late high school me and just be like you know all these bands that you listen to right now <laughs> Uh, you're gonna hang out with them and talk about Star Wars with them one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? Why? It's so wild. So you know th why? Because of so the much. internet. And yeah. Be like, yeah. What's the internet? <laughs> Star Wars is truly the great equalizer, yeah. and I, I say this like, unfiltered to fans, who I've met through the Star Wars community through Thank the Maker. It can be really awkward, being on well either side of the equation. If one person's a big fan of what someone else does, it's kind of hard to find something to genuinely talk about that isn't awkward as hell. If someone's just like, I love your band. Yeah. And, you, and you're just staring at each other. Okay, now now what? Now what do we talk about? Because I don't want to talk about my job per se so much. But Star Wars, it just it levels everything out. And the kind of connection we have with fans of our bands who are now patrons, who are part of our community, who we talk to on Discord and, you know, we help kind of dissect episodes and, and share our feelings together it's it's just so genuine so unforced and so special so again i just i'm just all i'm feeling is is thankful that you know recently and especially the past 24 hours everything just feels pretty awesome yeah today was a good day that's how i started yeah. the the video and i'll say it again it's really didn't good. have to use my ak <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, we will let the two of you go and record your own podcast, but thank you again so much. Of course. Thanks for having us. Uh, we'd yes. love to have you again. That was a blast. Anytime. <laughs> cool. We are well, available. Have a great. You have our information. Well, we've had Molly <laughs> on the show, so Alex, uh-huh. you got to come on. Oh, yeah. 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 Anytime. Anytime. Well, Nick, have a Sweet. great rest of your evening. Adam, have a great rest of your day <laughs> and uh, a great tour. It'll be a good. Yeah. And, uh, and and let us know when you're in Atlanta. We'll be there um, in July with yellow card. Ooh. There we we'll go. A different, a different two-thirds of Thank the Maker podcast. So <laughs> <I won't do laughs> awesome. I'll right, hit thanks you Thanks again, folks. But thank you. Thank you both. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye. All right. Well, that was awesome. That was super fun. We went long, but that was just because they were great to talk to. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to dive into some super chats and questions. And I knew that there would be a lot today. And it's time to buckle up. <laughs> Molly, do you <laughs> need to take a break or? Uh... Uh, well, I'm going to scroll down because we had a couple of very generous super chats that I'm going to try to get to. Okay. Uh, we don't have too many. I think we can get through these in the next <laughs> two hours. We'll see. I think we're going to um, say two days, but okay. In the next two days. AJ, <laughs> thank you so much for the, the very generous super chat. The armorer has a sample of the living waters. Maybe she already knows there is a living mythosaur. Seems like she knows more than she tells the others. Like a cult leader keeping all this knowledge to herself to control the group. Mm. The stuff that makes the water blue uh, globe blue is mythosaur pee. So <laughs> that's, that's how she knows that there's a mythosaur back. i mean i i do agree that she's trying to keep this group together under her watch uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens when they're all like hey din said mandalore's fine should we go there and whether or not she wants everybody to do that yeah Oh, oh did you have more to say no Okay. <laughs> Just the mythosaur P thing. But I, I mean, I, I do, I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on the armor and how is she as manipulative as I make her out to be? Like a lot of, I think I put a lot of my own uh, religious background and thoughts into that. And I'm like, she might, I might be making her out as more of a villain than she actually is. But who knows? Mm. Yeah, we keep waiting for her to do something drastic, but she's so she seems so level-headed that she, it's she, she can't yeah. be trusted. She's a stickler for the rules, and I don't like holding up the rules over actual f- faith. Uh, I forget who said it in the chat. It might have been I'm the Stein earlier saying it, it's the difference between faith and dogma. That's a good way of putting it, and that's how I see her acting where I I think she has faith, but she is also like, but well, the helmets and that just doesn't sit well with me, but she also hasn't done anything that terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want to piss her off because she's real good with that hammer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Miranda here has the next very, very generous super chat. Thank you so much. Hi, long time since I made uh, made it in time for your live streams. Do you think they included 
Umate in this episode, as well as a parallel to the mountain they have to climb on the Covert's planet. Another compare contrast of oh. saving younglings. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Uh, huh. I didn't either. I, I figured they just made the <laughs> the asset so they reused it. In our reaction, Molly was like, hey, we just saw that. And it was like, yeah, they're probably just going to keep it. Um, but that is interesting because they did have to climb the mountain to save Ragnar. Uh, Bo-Katan brought up the the mountain peaks from Mandalore. I can't remember. Korovoris or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> huh. I, in my opinion, it was just we made this environment. Let's use it again. Yeah. And I mean, it it's great because it works either way. And we don't know if that was on purpose. And we maybe we'll find out if they do a gallery episode or something. But if not, we can just assume that that was a, a, on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like that. There, there were a bunch of mountains in the episode and I tend to, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what uh, the line is from The Dark Knight Rises when, <laughs> what's it, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt becomes a detective and I can't remember anyone's name that isn't in Star Wars anymore, but Gary Oldman <laughs> says, Commissioner Gordon He's oh. like, you're a detective now. You don't get to believe in coincidence. That That's how it feels to be a Star Wars fan sometimes. Ooh, yeah. Also, I wanted to point out, Dino Park Dan was the one that talked about faith and dogma. So gotcha. credit to you. Awesome. All right. Yes, we have a, a lot of Super Chats to get through. Thank you all so much. By I was going to go refresh this. Would you like a refresh? I'm good. I, did, I didn't gulp mine down like you did. Oh, whoops. It's been an hour and a half. I, I always just get worried that people can hear me swallowing on the microphone and I that bothers me. So hopefully oh. you can't. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, I will go ahead and scroll all the way up here to our first super chat of the night. And that is from Queersland, Australia. Thank you so much. Keller and Beck got a new outfit, but that got me thinking, have we seen gold trim on Clone Wars robes before? If not, do you think he's a fan of the past? Uh, I have seen a lot of people wonder, be before we've seen him in this, I've seen a lot of people wonder if the Jedi Temple Challenge takes place during the High Republic. Um, but I think he's just got really good taste. You know, he, he likes his style. And uh, a lot of the the high council Jedi are so stuffy. I mean, even Mace, like it's so stuffy that like their robes are just boring. Mace has the purple lightsaber, but I like the idea that Keller and Beck is like, nah, I need some, I need some flair to this outfit. Um, but I would like to get a closer look at the details on his robe because it's similar to the Jedi Temple Challenge details. I don't know if you guys can see that. Like some of those symbols look similar to what's on his robe. So I did like that. I got to pull up an image of him to remind myself what his robes look like with all the gold. Ah. But yeah, you're right. 
I said that he just likes has good style and likes a bit of flair. I mean, I kind of like the idea that he would be a fan of the past, and and there was uh, before today we didn't know what era he was from. Jedi Temple Challenge could have taken place at any point in Star Wars history. So people were like, is this the High Republic? When is this? So the fact that he kind of lives between worlds, but he's just got great. Even his undershirt has like some cool, cool detail on it. Mm -hmm. I think he's just a cool dude. He's just a cool dude. He's just he the might best. Still, we, we were talking about that purple lightsaber too. Like he might've still had that and just lost it in the fight and had to pick up two random lightsabers. Cause I mm -hmm. like to think that he still has it somewhere. I do too. That's his lightsaber that he, like Ahmed Best got to develop Keller and Beck. And in his mind, he had a purple lightsaber, which was a reference to, or an homage to Mace Windu. Uh, he also made the lightsaber from Galaxy's Edge. Like he, he wanted those designs so that people could remake it. I mm -hmm. don't believe that's the lightsaber he was holding today. So in my mind, purple lightsaber was just knocked out of his hand at some point and he just picked up another one and then he picked up another one and he he just went ham yeah uh i am so sorry i didn't see this one before our guests left from madman's knowledge didn't cry when luke showed up did cry when ahmed did and i couldn't stop also hi nick and adam i i, I will tell them that you said hi but yes I didn't cry either when Luke showed up. I was just kind of like, okay, it's Luke. But I did get really excited when R2 showed up just because I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to roll in. And that just kind of took me by surprise. But I did get a little teary-eyed for Ahmed. But that's I, because Luke ha has had a million times over yeah. the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had one tear leak out today, which is... Pretty pretty big for me. <laughs> That's true. That's I'm I'm not the most emotional reactor, but today just like all of those layers of emotions for Keller and Beck and Ahmed Best and that it works for the story and the way they built to it. Uh yeah. I, I've I know that I really liked an episode when I go back and I watch our own reactions. That, that Molly edits every week. And I'm like, I want to watch us reacting to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. He is now like Cobb Vanth level, big Starklighter level. If you make a Black Series action figure, whatever, I'm, I'll am i pre-order it. I'm on so, board. Sorry, for, for the audio listeners, I, uh, Lewis... Sutcliffe 3D in chat said, I need a Keller and Funko. And I, I am very much a fan of that idea. Same. Give me the gentle giant, whatever. Whatever you have for me, I'll take it. Give me all of it. Uh, Stuart J, thank you for the next one. That shot of Bo chasing the creature right before the title card was beautiful. Totally agree. It I loved super it too. was. Was that the sunset one? Yes. I was yeah. gonna pull it up just so like we can this. Look at it. The silhouette, yeah, of the gauntlet. So good. It it reminds me of the Force Awakens, that shot of the TIE fighters coming in. 
Yeah. That's I Carl Weathers. I'm so glad again that he got to do something that a he wasn't in. I just assumed this would be a pirate episode because he was directing it, but that they just let him or that he'd be in it. Yeah, yeah. That I, I I love that he got to do one that he wasn't a part of otherwise. Yeah. Another one from Madman's Knowledge. Hold on, I just realized. Does Kelleran know the Naboo people through Jar Jar? Are they best buds? Please, I am unwell. <laughs> I am also unwell at the thought of them being best buds. I, like we said earlier in the stream, that would just put us through a time portal. Some the, some yeah. kind of butterfly effect would happen. I don't know, but it would be amazing. Time space continuum breaks apart. It's too much, too much greatness on screen. If Ahmed Best is on screen twice, I don't know. I don't know if we can handle it. If he gets to high five himself on on a Star Wars show, I'm done. I don't need to see any more Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. Star Wars has peaked. <laughs> no, it's I'm all kidding. downhill. I'm I'm too gritty for that. <laughs> I think you set the the bar pretty high that they have to high five on top of just meeting. I think you're safe. Yeah. I don't know that Gungans high five, so it probably wouldn't be that. I think they'd be excited about it. <laughs> uh, Mark White, thank you for the next super chat. It sure seems like Grogu is going to be Mandalore. Funny thinking about him looking at the first order and saying, folks, we're going to sit this one out. <laughs> well, we I mean, don't I know. Hope, I hope he's still alive. Actually, um, you actually. can see. Um, actually. You can see some Mandalorian gauntlet fighters at the Battle of Exegol. Oh, yeah, that's right. But sometimes I feel like they just threw every ship design in that scene just to do it. They absolutely did that. So, but now, yeah, now fans can speculate and be like, well, hold on. Like, I don't want to get super started on all that, but the fact that they modeled the N1 and all of the resistance starfighters and didn't focus on a single one for a single second bugs me to no end, but you can see them. You can see gauntlet fighters there. So Grogu is in one of them in full armor with the dark saber, like tally ho. Grogu's like surfing on the outside of one. Yeah. With the dark saber. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, Molly, I'll let you read the next one from Stuart J. <laughs> Thank you, Stuart J, for the next super chat. Grogu was so emotive during the armor forging. It's great what they can do with him now. You know what? They made him look so sad, and then somehow they made him look more sad in that little one, little, like in those two little shots. And I was just like, this hurts. This hurts more than seeing Order 66 over and over and over again, just to see his little sad face. His little sad face and his little sad teeth. Like, it was real rough. Look at those little no, sad teeth. His little teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the, what they did with his eyebrows, I was like, I, I didn't know what, what they were building to. I'm it didn't dawn I'm on me that they were going to do... <laughs> this is what makes you cry. It didn't dawn on me that they were going to do a flashback like they did with Din. It makes complete sense in hindsight, but I was like, mm -hmm. oh, why is he so sad? And now I know. 
the armor is just all about pulling the trauma out of people, which makes sense for a cult leader. Yeah, that's true. She's trying to drive that uh, trauma bus. Yeah, you're, you're pushing me back in the anti-armor direction again. I, real quick, I, I just wanted to bring up Mark White said, I just got owned by Alex. Didn't realize Mandalorians were there. Well, like I said. You wouldn't it, because yeah, you'd have to. It's, you, you have to be a crazy person and you have to go frame by frame like I did to, to find all the ships. So. And even like, then, there's some no that are shade. just too blurry to even tell what they are. There's probably a potato in there. <laughs> or a piece of gum. Be. Yeah. Aiden Falds, thank you for the next super chat. As I was watching Bad Batch, I thought there was no way Mando could have the better episode for me. I love a, I love a fan who watches Bad Batch first. Yeah. Same. I love that. But Ahmed Best did it. As someone who struggles with depression, I thought it was inspiring to see Best back as a badass. Me too. Yeah. This is not only cool getting to see his character that he got to design and, and build for that show just i mean anyone who recognizes him knows what he's been through at this point if they don't recognize him they just think look at this angel come to save grogu you know like it really doesn't matter if you know who he is or not yeah, but if he's you know just who a he jedi is, it just it makes it so much better more satisfying yeah I, I do like I look forward to talking to uh, some of my reg friends to to quote Bad Batch, like my friends who like Star Wars definitely didn't watch Jedi Temple Challenge. Definitely don't know that name. I want to see how they reacted to that because it, it does it does feel very like this is for you, really invested fans. <laughs> mm -hmm. But oh just made my heart sing today i hope he somehow gets to go to celebration london like i hope he's a surprise guest or something I, I would love it if they were saving that just they didn't want to announce it because they didn't want people to even have a, a whiff of this happening hi sean sean i am like a some people didn't watch Jedi Temple Challenge. Sean says, you're saying there are people who didn't watch Jedi Temple Challenge? I believe they're, so, but now crazy people. Now I think those views are going to go up a little bit. I think it's hilarious that people might actually like fall in love with Jedi Temple Challenge because of the Mandalorian. Also, just shout out to the apparel cuz your hoodie we both have the hoodie. Uh, this is a Jedi Temple Challenge shirt. The most comfortable clothes. Like, I will wear that hoodie. That's why Molly was wearing it today. Just it's by so chance. Because it's the most comfortable hoodie we own. Shout out to Mickey, who works for the Star Wars live show. Because he sent us these. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Capaferi, Scott Bromley. They were, like, the creators and showrunners of... Jedi Temple Challenge. It's on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel if you haven't seen it. It's just a silly, fun game show. Uh, but for October, for Halloween 2020, Molly and I dressed up as contestants. Uh, may maybe in a bid 
to try to get invited on the season two, which never happened. But we are too uh, old. They might have done it. They might have done. We were just having fun. We were just having fun. But if they invited us, I wouldn't have said no. Well, they gave us. uh, Yeah, (laughs) they sent us the hoodies and the shirt. Scott C says, uh, show us the pics. I do not have those handy. Uh, it's in, uh, if you look at the Q and a from mm, 2020, October. October 31st or around there, like it was our Halloween Q and a, that's when we did it. Actually, I think it was October 31st. Cause that's why we were like, we have to do Halloween costumes here. You, if you read this, I'll look and see if I can find them on my phone. Okay. Uh, from Mark Vizza, thank you for the next one. Do you think the armor has been to Mandalore and knows the Mythosaurus there? She fluffed off Bo, <laughs> and it felt like she was up to no good. Maybe. She's like, oh yeah, that Mythosaur, he's no good. That That's <laughs> the thing about all these characters and helmets, is that it's hard to tell their true intentions, and it's easy to imprint your own thoughts onto them. But I was surprised that the armor was just like, uh yeah you'll see a lot of things if you walk the way of the mandalore and i was like since when have you said that that (laughs) seems that seems strange i i could see her having her own ideas alex you had your mustache Uh, yeah that was right before squadrons yeah so like you never would have made it on that show oh oops Maybe they're on your phone. I don't see them. Did we take pictures? I can look if you want to read the next one. Oh, we almost certainly did. I I mean, we took video, but. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep reading. Um... I'll look. (laughs) David Kanyo, thank you so much for the next super chat. I managed to. Get a lucky VIP badge for London will be my first celebration ever. So, so, so excited to see you guys and everything else there. Congrats. We are excited to see everyone too. It is coming up. Oh God. It's uh, a week from Friday is when we are heading out. So it's, it's it's too real. It's too real. I've been thinking this whole time since we bought the tickets, like, Oh, yeah, we're going to London. And I still feel like, yeah, we're going to London someday. And I'm like, oh, man, that's coming up soon. But yes, so excited for you, David. It's going to be so fun. So, so fun. We've never been to London. So that's just a whole other level of excitement. But yeah. Yeah. I also don't have pictures on my phone. Uh, um, yeah, I think we... We just had them for the q and I guess. At some point, we can try to find them. But it, it, uh, if worse comes to worse, you can just look at our Halloween 2020 Q&A. Uh, while we're talking about celebration and meeting people, I'll throw out a reminder that we have a panel on Saturday. Oops. Oh, is that new? Yeah, Brian made it for us. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Our panel is on Saturday, April 8th at 3.30 p.m. 
we will be joined by our good friends Ken and Joseph from Four Center Podcast. And oh, I should do that too. We will be talking about all of the Star Wars news. So the Lucasfilm uh, studio showcase will happen on Friday. The Ahsoka panel will happen Saturday morning. And then we will be there to discuss both of those panels. And I think the High Republic panel happens right before that as well. So we yeah. should have a, a decent amount of news, news to talk about. The That High Republic meetup being at 3 o'clock is still salty for me, but it's fine. Uh, they didn't well we, know. We can be there right at 3. We'll be like, hey, and then we'll leave. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll hey, invite them all to the panel. Sure. There's this one thing that I really want to show everyone there, and then, okay, bye. Right. Which is That'll work. That'll work. Top, top secret. Uh, Chris L has the next super chat and uh, it's a it's a bad batch super chat. So slight spoilers if you haven't seen that yet, but they're not big spoilers. Just says the <laughs> chaos cavity is back. <laughs> it is. And I I believe I haven't rewatched our reaction to this. And I think we did actually watch this one a few weeks ago. Um, but I yelled when that dude did it again like now this has just become an annoyance in season two when it happened i was like oh that's an interesting take on the the cyanide tooth or whatever mm -hmm. and then the clone trooper did it in episode seven eight whatever of the bad batch and i was like oh it's that thing from the mandalorian and then this guy did it today and i was just mad yeah, it I was editing the the reaction this morning and you did the biggest eye roll which you're really good at doing. <laughs> this again. Uh but I like that inclusion into this particular era of Star Wars because it shows how desperate and how loyal some of these people are to the empire which is just gross. <laughs> Uh, Griff, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, asks, what is the chaos cavity? I feel like I'm losing <laughs> my marbles. Uh, it's the, the cyanide tooth. If you're not watching Bad Batch, you might not know, but it's happened a couple of different times. It happened in Mando last season. Uh, season two, yeah. Uh, it just there's a there's a tooth. I was going to pull that, up a picture of it just so that people... someone just bites down really hard on, and then it just kills. Oh, them. that's a grim picture. I I I apologize for bringing that up. That was gross. But, but yeah, we were talking about it in episode seven or eight when that happened, and then the chat did a great job of throwing out potential names like the murder molar. Uh, I think chaos I said... cavity is chaos cavity is what's stuck, and that's your fault. I think Murder Molar I said is Chaos funnier. Cavity was my drag name. Yeah. And it still is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but my preference is for Murder Molar. I think that's funny. Chaos Cavity is that's... just what you latched on to. For some reason, Murder Molar sounds like a character on a kid's show. Like a really dark kid's show. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. I like let's... this. I roll as my rebel call sign. Okay, yeah, I like that. I think that checks out. That's pretty funny. 
Uh, I'm the Stein. Thank you for the next super chat. It was great seeing Ahmed again, and I hope they do more with the character. I'm sure we won't see where they went until next season, but where do you think they went? <laughs> Maybe this could be a Saturday morning cartoon. Ooh. So I love the theory of them going to Naboo and hanging out with the Gungans, but I also love the theory of it being Sabe because... She's she's done so much in the comics and the books that I feel like it it would also be really rewarding to fans mm -hmm. to see her come back. And you're right, Kira Knightley hasn't really aged much. Sabe would be wild if they did that. I like that. Um I I hope they go to Mars so they can hang out with the biker mice from Mars. Who, by the way, I saw just, I think yesterday, they're getting new action figures. The Biker Mice from Mars are coming back. Who? We, this. Never mind. <laughs> You're right. We shouldn't talk about this right now. We don't need to go down the Saturday morning cartoons. Not yet. We're, we're not even two hours in. Let's... Again. We've got a while till we start getting to the weird stuff. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Lindsey Brown, thank you for the next super chat. To answer Madman's knowledge's question, yes, Kelleran and Jar Jar are best buds. Ahmed, best buds. Mm. Well done. I like that. I've seen a lot of best puns. I like that, that Ahmed Best has his own group of characters that we can just call the best buds. We got Aww. Jar Jar, Keller and Beck, and Ahmed Beck. Yes. There's I'm three. curious about if <laughs> I, I just want a story about Ahmed and Keller and Beck. And like you said, that they were siblings and like one of them was oh, yeah, the, yeah. One the sibling that the, pa the parents were slightly more proud of. And can you imagine if. I mean, I assume they're twin brothers because they look identical. Weird, isn't that? But the the idea that one of them became a Jedi master who devoted his life to teaching children and the other one is a con man in the Outlander Club. So his parents must be all over him all the time. Just like, why can't you be more like Kelleran? He's a teacher. He's a Jedi. What are you doing night after night at the Outlander Club? <laughs> Seems like a lot to live up to. That's even more fun for Ahmed Best to be able to play two sides of the coin. Assuming they're twins. That That's another option that we have that we, we keep saying, oh, maybe he'll share a, a scene with Jar Jar. Maybe he'll share a scene with Ahmed. That'd be awesome. Two Ahmed Bests on my TV screen? Yes. It's too much. Not too much. Uh, <laughs> Julia McSee, thank you so much for the super chat. Call that a super chat. Another thing we don't need to fall down the rabbit hole of, but I, I got new shoes, everybody. I got new shoes for Star Wars Celebration, even though my other shoes weren't that bad. They're not in here. We I'm did sorry. it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> I got some Cue. some brand new shoes for celebration. Cue the memes. We did it. And if you if you'll be at celebration, you might even get to see him in person. 
Who knows? We'll see. Sorry uh, for internet's being poopy right now. It's our it, little it Wi-Fi It seems like it's coming and going. Going in and out. I think but, it's more affecting us than the stream, I hope. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Ulrika Schulman, thank you for the next super chat. Loved this episode. Finally decided to become a patron. Thank you so much. And I can't sleep, so I decided to hang with you. Uh, can't wait to see you at Celebration. First time going. Hey, another one. Another We're so one. excited to hang out at Celebration too. Oh, and the whole reason I brought up the panel is because I was going to say we'll do a meetup after the panel. Um, somewhere. I, I got to find out where exactly that panel is but then we'll we'll find a spot nearby where we can all just hang out that's not in the way yeah might have to go outside but it depends on the weather i guess uh but thank you so much for being a patron that's awesome yes thank you so much uh jane dalton has the next one here do you think y'all do y'all think keller and beck's contact on naboo could have been jar jar oh this was from a while ago <laughs> he seems like the only one the only known high-ranking enough character who might have done it or is it a brand new character so we've already talked about this a bit but it's possible that they bring Jar Jar back I mean they might as well I think Sabe is my current fan my, my current favorite theory that I don't think will happen but yeah, it it just feels like another fan theory that a lot of people are going to speculate on, and it'll be someone completely unknown. Or, or someone that just we forgot about that slipped our minds. It could be Queen Apailana. Hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of it being Jar Jar, but if we did get a scene of him and Keller and Beck on screen, like that, that feels like okay, we've taken a good thing and we maybe pushed it a little too far into the fan service area. <laughs> but mm. it's, it's all about execution. Because I, I think that if someone had told me that Keller and Beck is who saved Grogu, I probably would have been confused. But the execution was fantastic. Yeah. Here's the thing. As much as fans of Ahmed Best and fans of the prequels and fans of Jar Jar would love to see a Gungan or, or Jar Jar on screen again. I think Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau are smarter than to bring Jar Jar into this at this moment in time. I think Favreau would need some convincing because he straight up said in 2019 that he wasn't too hot on the prequels, but Dave is like, making them come around. So maybe, maybe it's been, it's been four years. Maybe he say, is at that point. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say smarter because I don't necessarily think that's the smarter way to go. I think that's what they might think. I, I, think I could see great. some, I could see some pushback from Favreau, but, but maybe it's not, it's the opposite now. <laughs> yeah. It's, who knows? Anything can happen. <laughs> uh, Tin Man, thanks so much for the next super chat. From a certain point of view, Jar Jar saved Grogu. Yeah. I like that. In 
22 years when we get from a certain point of view revenge of the sith we're going to get a keller and beck story <gasps> a written but that's story. not going to be 22 years from now <laughs> yeah if they do those books i don't think they're going to wait until the 40th anniversaries something that i was going to bring up and i'll, I'll try to go quick with this because i know we're behind but something i was going to bring up during the stream do you think going forward every new actor slash actress in star wars thinks well people are just gonna hate me until 20 years from now and then <laughs> they'll love me uh maybe which is a sad thought like that's that's what i was talking about when people were saying oh it's redemption for ahmed it's like no 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 this is redemption for the star wars fandom let's let's be better this time and in the future and you're allowed to dislike characters, but just don't treat the people who play that. Like, just be respectful. It's not that hard. Yeah. And that that would be really nice if people could step into Star Wars rules without that fear. And I do think that that probably is a fear that some people have. Like, how, how can you not have that fear after uh, Jar Jar Binks and rose tico who mm -hmm. just both totally undeserved and people being assholes because they can and john boyega and john boyega yeah yeah and a lot of other characters and, yeah john like, boyega before the movie even came out daisy but, ridley yeah i mean she was the main character and she got a ton of hate from all the misogynist jerks out there who's you're like you're right oh, like girl. at this point it's just a, a a threat to anyone of just hey you're gonna be in the new star war and that means that anyone that's not 12 is gonna be terrible to you like <laughs> do, do they have to have to sit down and a talk to any new actor come on i think you just got to be ready for it when you join a big fandom like this yeah I, I'm sure it happens on the Marvel side too, but like we don't see the Marvel fandom much. So like any big oh yeah, fan base I, I, does I don't this. think this is a. I mean, it is a Star Wars problem, but it's it's just a fandom problem in general. Yep. All right. Uh, Dragonus Prime, thanks for the next super chat. It's you, dude. I pointed at the screen out of sheer joy at least 10 times today. This may have been my favorite episode in the whole series so far. Yeah. yeah. It's this episode brought so many people joy that like any questions or qualms I had about it are like so far in the back of my mind. Like I have plenty of criticisms of the Mandalorians and what they do, but like, I think that's meant to happen. I think you're supposed to be like, Oh, why do they, eat like this. This is so dumb. Like <laughs> it's supposed to be frustrating. Yeah. And it's weird that I, I think that if I were to take the time to be more like a critic and break down the story, I, I think there was plenty to talk about plenty. I enjoyed talking about today. I don't think this is the best star Wars story that's ever been told, but man, it might be the star Wars story that brought me the most joy it's up there of ju yeah. just all those layers of Ahmed best. And I don't think that that's a problem. I think sometimes people will be like, Oh, but the, 
you only like it because of the Ahmed best stuff. And I'm like, so I don't need to explain why I like something to you. Like it brought me joy and that's what star Wars is supposed to do. And yeah. I'm, I don't need it. You coming in and being like, Oh, but the story was shut up. <laughs> don't care. I, I do understand where some people are coming from saying, you know, I don't know where this is going. What is this season about? What is this show about anymore? And it, you know, Filoni and Favreau keep saying it. it's about what it is to be a Mandalorian, but it's so much more than that. So I do get the criticism of like, where are we headed here? What's, what's the end game? And are we just kind of aimlessly telling stories now about any old character? It seems like a lot of Bo-Katan related stuff now, but and I, I, I get those criticisms, but I don't know. It just doesn't bother me that I <laughs> I don't know where it's okay. going. <laughs> I don't mind people who have criticisms. I, I mind when they tell me that I should not be this happy. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, no one should do that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about is when someone is just like, oh, well, what about this and this? It's like, why are you trying to step on my joy? Like, No today, one should yuck anyone's yum yeah like yeah at the end of the season i'll do a season review and i'll talk about how each episode worked together and whatever but like today this episode just just landed and no one can yuck my yums <laughs> don't yuck our yums it's it just hit us in the right spot you know like it we were so good we were around to see and hear all that prequel hate and getting to see all the love now feels good. Yeah. And, and I wanted to bring up uh, these chats just to, to build off of the other people who the other actors who have struggled as part of star Wars of Jake Lloyd and Moses Ingram. And it's upsetting that there are so many that like, yeah, we forget them. And it's like, oh, yep, it, all, too many people have <laughs> suffered under the Star Wars fandom and they all just need to chill out. And it's like, it. I mean, it took that many people to finally now, you know, Moses Ingram's, all, all the hate that she got for Obi-Wan, it took all of that for like Lucasfilm to allow some pushback. Yeah. Yeah. And that just feels like, I don't know, that's that's a really messy situation and subject when you're dealing with social media. Do you have these big companies push back? Do you not like that's I would love to see them push back against the more toxic fans a lot more. But I understand from a business point of view, like they're not going to get involved in every little fight on the Internet. Yeah, every little thing, no. But, I mean, they were right to do what they did for Moses. And I, I think that they know they should have stepped up for John Boyega. Yeah. And, just I mean, just keep going backwards. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's just not acceptable, period, anymore. And they should know that. And hopefully they, you know, keep doing stuff about it going forward mm -hmm. it's just embarrassing at this point if you're a toxic fan on the internet just just go home 
unplug from the internet and go home. Agreed. <laughs> Touch some grass, whatever the kids are saying. Touch some grass. All right. Now time for my potty break because okay. I am on a roll. <laughs> well, I will read the next super chat here from uh, Ulrika Schulman again. Thank you so much. Uh, got High Republic vibes from Kellerin Beck's outfit. I uh, I loved that. I cheered loudly when he showed up. I am trying to find... There it is. The chat itself. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I just loved all of the... He's got some flair on his like outer robe. He's got some flair on his undershirt. I just thought he looked great. I do wish... He, he got to use the purple lightsaber as well, just to really continue to help him stand out. Um, I, but I also think that that probably could have caused unnecessary confusion because I think people would have been like, I thought Mace Window was the only <laughs> window. Windu was the only one. And then we would have been like, no, lots of people have purple lightsabers, just not in the movies. So I think they probably thought it was easier to go with green and blue, but yeah, I I, I loved his costume design. Uh, King George the Sixth, thank you for the next super chat. Such a wholesome family feel with Den making his kid play with the other. Mummy Bo-Katan cheekily telling Grogu not to show off too much, and then Auntie Armorer babysat Grogu, told him stories, and knitted him a jumper. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really do like the family dynamic that's happening, especially with uh, Bo. I I loved that little moment where she was putting on the the darts, and she was like, "Take it easy on him," because yeah, like the audience, Din, Bo Katan, everyone who knows Grogu is like, "Oh, he can take this kid," but he had to be. I, I like that he had to be encouraged comforted i guess by din because groku has spent so long hiding his abilities and and thinking that it's not okay to be who i really am out in the open and so din had to like kneel down and be like it's okay like you are among family here so yeah i, I it, it's interesting because i i've had such mixed feelings about the children of the watch and the armor this whole time. But I, I think that I have to look at this episode and be like, ah, they're, they're showing them to not be that bad. I mean, I, I still view them as a cult, but even Paz like, and Paz has gone back and forth this whole time as well of being mean to Den the first time we met him and then telling him this is the way and saluting him and then challenging him for the dark saber being kind of mean when they showed back up. Uh, oh, it's Molly paying the cheese tax for Hilo. Yeah. I don't know. Molly just came into my office to feed Hilo cheese, and now here he is. Okay. But yeah, Paz Vizsla is a character that keeps going back and forth, and I don't know what to think of him either. But I, I, I like the family vibes that we're building. I'm back. <laughs> I realize some people not won't know what the cheese tax is, but if you're on TikTok and you hear puppy songs sing the cheese tax song, we know that guy. We're friends with puppy songs. 
And yes, I did go get a single slice of cheese and some more wine. <laughs> oh, is that for you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was for Hilo. I went and gave him a bite. <laughs> he doesn't need any more treats. He ate my sandwich today. I wanted some cheese. Well, Johnny C. Books and Comics has the next Super Chat. Thank you, Johnny. As Ice mentioned in Discord today, nothing funnier than Molly in the reaction video asking what the name of the show was while literally wearing a hoodie with the name of the show on it. I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. I was just, like, this is just genuinely a very cozy sweatshirt. It's the best hoodie. And yeah, I, I didn't even I, put it. I took the Super Chat down just so you could pull the logo up. I didn't even put it together that I had this on this morning and then people started tweeting me about it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so smart. <laughs> that's just, that's just will of the force. I chose to wear this shirt. This is my Jedi temple challenge shirt, but I was like, well, I know what I'm wearing today. <laughs> and and then like I'm at best. Uh, yeah. Molly was still waking up. I mean, it is our, just our default comfy hoodie, but mm -hmm. Ahmed best today. Uh, put out an Instagram post of him working out in this shirt, looking great. So good for him. Mm -hmm. I had that shirt too, but they sent it to me in a children's like a size child small, small, which is fine. I did wear it for one or two streams, but then I washed it and I was like, nope. Now it's a crop small. top. <laughs> it was already a crop top. Oh, all right. It's uh, my turn for a bathroom break. You BRB. just took one. No, that was a beer break, Molly. It's a different, different thing. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Cassia Pidgeot. Oh, wait. Someone corrected us on how to say this name. And now I can't remember how. So if you're still in the chat, or if anyone is still in the chat that knows how to say this properly, let me know. Um, In-universe, I love that a Jedi known for working with young Jedi was the one the kids trusted to save one of the other, one of the younglings from the temple. Yeah, it just, it fits so well. I mean, Alex has been saying it all day that like the fact that Kelleran Beck was their choice for the person to save Grogu just makes sense aside from, you know, how, how awesome Ahmed Best is and how we needed to see him on screen again. He's, he was a teacher. He dedicated his life to helping and teaching younglings. Of course he would be the one to save Grogu. I don't know why we didn't think about it until now. Uh, pipe? Is that how I should say it? Instead of pidgeop? <clears throat> Let me know. <laughs> uh, Trippy Dippy, thank you for the next one. I think it was a bit careless that Kelleran flew through that train tunnel put a lot of civilians in danger, especially the gunship crashing into it. Well, that's true. But uh, I mean, maybe he used the force to sense that it was empty. 
are you are trippy dippy are you telling me that you wouldn't do anything and everything and sacrifice anyone to save grogu that's that's not a very jedi thing to do but yeah but i well, think i think keller and beck took one look at that little face <laughs> he's like, like i gotta do it at any cost well i was saying maybe he used the force to to see whether or not there were people down there and maybe it was an empty yeah. train i don't know potential yeah also, oh, that's true like i'm going to assume that the train was fine and the <laughs> The gunship was not. The LAAT wiped out. Train was just like, oh, what did we just run over? Right. Also, this is pronounced pipe. Hmm. Good to know. I'm so we sorry know. we've been completely butchering that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now we know. Um, the super chats just keep rolling in, and we are so thankful for you guys. Uh, let's try to get through as many of these as we can. I think we are going to cut off the stream at a certain point tonight just because we've had a very long day, but <laughs> yeah. anything that we don't get to tonight, we will read on tomorrow's stream. Also true. Yeah. Uh, we, we will be streaming about the bad batch tomorrow, but it can also be an AMA. It can be Mando. It can be whatever. Cause we'll be building our Lego set, but yeah. William Crisp, thank you for the next one. I like to think Dave saw all the people saying Cobb Banth is the deepest cut character they could bring in and went, bet, seeing Beck was incredible. Totally agree. Loved it to death. Still riding high off of it. So good. I'm I'm so happy to see everyone else in chat just like equally excited. That's I I have it's one of those days that I don't I don't think it's happened since probably Luke Skywalker popped up or yeah probably then we're just a ton of people like even more casual star wars fans are just chiming in to be like this was awesome i haven't seen anything negative about it and i love that uh justin Sorry, carter I thank you my mic while i'm uh, eating cheese yeah and then you unmuted it to talk with your mouth full real professional <laughs> Justin Carter, yes, cavity. <laughs> Justin Carter, thank you for the next super chat. Gotta say that I love seeing the Mandos get active again. It warmed my heart to see that as a see that as restricted as the watch can be, they still open up to Bo. Yeah, I, like I've said, this has changed my opinion on the children of the watch yet again. I feel like I'm just swinging back and forth, but like even this really zealous fanatical cult is accepting of outsiders they i love that they don't bat an eye at grogu they're just like yeah we're really serious about our rules but the little green baby yeah he can be one of us they're so serious about the idea of who can be a foundling that yeah they took in three baby dinosaur birds today <laughs> yeah We'll see if they make them a and make them helmets, but I doubt it. <laughs> Probably not. There's a level of uh, pride to, I guess, take it to ride a beast that is considered a foundling. I guess maybe that's like a workaround. Yeah, sure. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Jason Renfro has the next one. Grogu was saved by Adi Galia. Anyone know about him? 
I'm confused by this one. Because, I mean, obviously that's a false statement. And also, Adi Galea is a woman. Yeah, a lot of questions. <laughs> I have this. questions. Jason, if you're, if still, you're still in still chat. In, yeah, if you're still in chat, let us know. I'll keep an eye out for answers. What you mean? <laughs> Chris Pacetto, thank you for the next super chat. I was under the impression that a foundling was adopted into the clan, but the armorer calls Ragnar a foundling, yet he's Paz's son. Are they all foundlings? That's, I, I guess I'm kind of assuming that Ragnar is a foundling. He was called a foundling. But yes, he is also Paz's son. Maybe not biological, but he's his son the same way that Grogu is Din's son. Like, he, he has taken on Ragnar as like, I will raise you, I will take care of you and protect you. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know, because I feel like since Mandalore was destroyed, anyone and everyone can be a foundling. Yeah, so <laughs> they're playing that rule pretty loosely. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we we don't know the whole that in part of my uh, apprehension towards the children of the watch is the fact that they just like, I don't want to say kidnapped a den but they they flew him to safety away from certain death they saved his life but then did did they give him a choice or or was he like thank you for saving me i want to be one of you i do think that's the vibe because we see young din kind of looking around at all the mandalorian warriors i think he probably aspired to be one but that's that's the question is <laughs> As long as these foundlings are like, I I want to do this. Mm-hmm. But then at that age, do they know what they want? Again, we're getting into like religious stuff. That <laughs> It's once Mandalore got destroyed and all of its people were split. That's when the hardcore, we keep calling them cult leaders, but like there's no other way to easily say it the heart the hardcore cult leaders are going to be picking and choosing who they're saving and taking them under their wings mm. and yeah. treating and like saying they're a foundling and like we're here to support you you're welcome here with us where whoever you were with before just left you you know like that's just cult uh cult stuff yeah <laughs> i i, I mean i kind of like this too calm like a bomb says i got the impression the found that foundling was a rank not a description didn't mention moving on to apprentice that's possible that foundling could just be like their word for youngling maybe you have anything to say about that molly real quick right now cheese <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating cheese. Um, no, yeah, I completely forgot that he mentioned that. That is a very yeah, good that's point. True. What is an apprentice? Who is he? Who is he? Apprenticing. 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 I guess the armorer. Or Den. I don't know. Oh, Grogu was going to be a, an apprentice. An apprentice, yeah. Oh, okay. He he said he needs to train or fight or whatever if he's if he hopes to move on to apprentice. Mm, okay. 
interesting. I, I I think we just don't know the answer yet. In my head, Ragnar, just because we haven't seen him yet, I figured he was adopted. Uh, but the, just seeing the way that Din so intensely loves Grogu and wants to protect him, that to me, that is just what the children of the Watch do. They're like, I've I've adopted Ragnar, but he is my son. Yeah. But the, the rank thing could also work. We'll probably find out over the course of the next six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, Joel Davis has the next super chat. Thank you, Joel. Bo and Din giving off massive mom and dad vibes. Also, I could totally see Din being a helicopter parent. Uh, they call it a jetpack parent in this covert, but yes. I, I, th I, I thought Din did pretty well. He he put Grogu well, out there, and then he kind of yeah backed off. He, I think he thinks he's being a good, supportive dad. But I, I still go back to the thought of, does Grogu want to fight? Does he want to learn right. how to right. use all these weapons and be a fighter? Like, is that what he wants? We don't really know because he can't talk to us. But he yeah. does seem to really be into the idea of being accepted in this group and seems like he's trying to say this is the way we just can't quite get it out yet that's true yeah. yeah i i i think you're right in that he might feel conflicted and i i think that this whole story could be like finding the middle ground between faith and dogma as dino park dan said i like that yeah. also don't boo me i'm right what <laughs> about the helicopter parent thing oh what did we just say about toxic fans Alex and saying whether or not you're right for an opinion I'm right <laughs> I'm always right <clears throat> uh, Legacy Productions thank you for the next super chat Tales of the Jedi season 2 Keller and Beck Ooh, love it any other little story we can get with him in it, I'm down for. I think he's going to be in the show some more. I think the next time Grogu gets a set of armor, we're going to see a flashback. A set of armor? Another piece? Or, yeah, piece. Whatever. Yeah. I, I hope to see him come back as well. Uh, Bakey, thank you for the next one. I teared up a bit when Ahmed Best appeared on screen. So wonderful. Yes. We, I think... We both did a little bit, and I, I, did, I know sure. I know a lot of other people have said that they did on social media. So it was it was just a beautiful moment all around. We've talked about it enough, <laughs> <laughs> but we're right there with you. Couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus or Jesus Fernandez. Uh, thank you for the super chat. My headcanon now is the younglings Anakin murdered were there because Kelleran said, oh no, wait here, be right back, and proceeded to escape with Grogu. Well, your headcanon is sad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be real sad. I don't think he would do that because 
his mission is to like help kids. He's not going to let a bunch of other kids die for one kid. Well, no, no, no. I don't think he was abandoning them. I oh, think oh. He, I think he was just trying to like let's get all the kids in a safe spot, and then and he we'll, failed. Yeah. <laughs> my my hope slash headcanon was that okay, so those Jedi were like Kellerin, get him to Kellerin. So I've been hopeful that like he has just been shuttling kids out. Like Grogu was the last in a line of like 30 kids that Kellerin was like, you get on that ship, you get on that ship, you get on this speeder. And like, I hope Kellerin saved a lot. I I have to imagine that he did. <clears throat> Uh, Francisco Gios, thank you for the next super chat. His he's back. All praise to Ahmed Best. Agreed. I think I said it in, in our reaction. The king is back, which we say a lot about a lot of characters, to be honest. But this one, I really meant it. Mm. The king is back. Uh, I'm the Stein has the next two. Thank you. Are the Mandalorians basically the foster parents of the galaxy now? I mean, kinda. It's. It really feels like a cool club that you could just join anytime you wanted. But what if they start to get too many people interested in being a foundling? Like, are they going to be like, all right, we're going to cap it. We're, we're not taking new members right now. It's like a doctor. We're not accepting new patients right now. <laughs> I actually don't think they would do that because it, it seems like they're one big thing. Like when they say this is the way and we all actually pump our fists it's because they're protecting children so i think that any child that needs protection they are going to do that that's my hope yeah <clears throat> excuse me and uh i'm the stein second one says i think the difference in how we feel about this is the way speaking of comes down to whether they say it because they have to versus a sincere commiseration yeah yeah sometimes it's a let's celebrate this moment this is the way sometimes it's a "Ooh, that sucks for you this is the way but this is the way wah, wah. <laughs> yeah i have to leave the fire and go eat by myself but this is the way mm -hmm. we need the debbie downer sound wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the time. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Brown, thanks so much for the next super chat. Just imagining a Mando birthday party. Everyone sings and leaves so the kid can blow out the candles. <laughs> <laughs> and eat the <laughs> cake <they> alone. <laughs> then they get their slice of cake and leave. Oh. <laughs> That's fantastic slash terribly sad. <laughs> But this is the way. Yeah, this this is the way. Sorry, kid. <laughs> Says Enjoy the kid sadly alone. eating his piece of cake alone out uh, in the desert somewhere. <laughs> uh, Star Orange 36, thank you for the next one. I can't tell anymore if Bo is actually joining the way. Why else would she share that she saw the mythosaur and the previous eps uh, be named the convert? Yeah, I think that the previous two eps have, well, 
what was episode two? The Minds of Mandalore, right. Okay. The so episodes one. three and four, I think, have both been double meanings. Episode three, The Convert, was about Pershing and Bo-Katan. Episode four, the, the Foundling, was about Grogu, also probably Ragnar, also Bo-Katan, I think. So, yeah, I, I think that she is being pulled into all of this. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell, but like I was fully expecting her to just be like, ugh, I've had enough of you and you all and then leave. But her home was blown up. Her super cool kingdom that she was the sole member of was blown up. And like all of the people that followed her previously left her because she didn't have the Darksaber, which is a huge bummer. So she doesn't have a home right now. She might as well stick around with them. I think part of her is into it. Part of her just doesn't know what to do yet. And she was looking for guidance with the armorer. Yeah. But didn't quite get it. She got a pat on the head instead. <laughs> Too late, Pink Milk. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get another one of those strong beers? Uh, no, but they're tall boys. Was it the one, the ones from Wild Heaven? Yeah, are those strong? I mean, they're seven percent. It's not as bad as the nine and a half percent I was drinking last week. That's true. Maybe eat some cheese. I don't know. It, it helped me. Uh, Legacy Productions, thank you for the next super chat. I still enjoyed this episode, but I feel like if we're going to do episodes like these, the season needs to be longer. We only have four episodes left, with one being Navarro, and don't know the season's goal. I mean, I feel like season two meandered quite a bit. We knew what the goal was, but still, Luke kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't feel like they super built up to Luke. They did the Tython seeing stone, but it's not like there were other hints that it would be Luke other than the fact that he's kind of the only other option. So I don't know. I'm not worried about it because so far I'm just enjoying the hell out of the ride. And I think when we get to the end of the season, you know, I, I might change my tune, but when we get to the end of the season, I think we'll be like, Got it. I understand what the message was. Because if this story is about Din saying, like, no, to hell with the helmet rule, that's mm -hmm. enough for me. That then the season is about Din breaking out of that programming. I could see that the sea if the season finale is the armorer trying to put a helmet on Grogu and Din being like, no, don't do it. <laughs> like that that's enough conflict for me. <laughs> You can't cover up that precious baby's face. Mm -mm. Yeah, I mean, the showrunners show keep saying that the show is about what it, what it is to be a Mandalorian. But like, how many side stories are we taking here? Because one thing I definitely don't want to see with the end of season three of Mando is the end of B Book of Boba Fett. Mm. Just Bo-Katan conquers and rides the Mythosaur and they win a big fight. Yeah. It's got to be more than that. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't think they're building towards that. Like, I, I don't think they're going to build towards Thrawn this season. I, I think this is going to be a more personal victory for Din this season. And I am fine with that. I think we'll find out who it was that sent all those tie bombers and interceptors sure. to, to Bose. But I think it's got to tie in with Moff Gideon escaping and Dr. Pershing. And uh, I just want to call her Katie O'Brien because that's who she is. Aliyah Kane. Yeah. It's got to tie into that stuff as well. I think it will. Like, we know we're going to get more New Republic stuff. I don't know. I'm currently not worried about it because I've been enjoying the season so far. Yeah. Um, Garth McMurray, thank you so much for the next super chat. Ahmed Best was great as Kaloran Beck. What's the percentage chance you have for him being the one to rescue Grogu? If he's taking Grogu to Naboo, who do you think we'll see in the next flashback scene? I would say 0% chance that we thought this was going to be who it was. Yep. Like, Shout out to uh, Lord Hosk in the chat predicted this. RM Network threw out the idea on Twitter. So people, people did make the guess and kudos to you. I never in a million years would have guessed it was Keller and Beck. Yeah. But, oh, so Naboo. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do we see next? I think my hope is that... I, I would love to see um, Kelleran be a part of the path. Like, if he started the path from Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think that'd be pretty cool. It all come to, comes down to the path. Yeah, it's, but... I was talking about this the other day, that I want Seer to be involved mm -hmm. with the path. So I'm like, maybe, maybe the ship, it was a Naboo ship. It was from Naboo people. That genuinely could have just been like a, here you go. Here's a ship. Get out of here. Maybe they don't go to Naboo. Yeah, just because it's a Naboo ship. I don't know. I love the Naboo ships, though. They're so mm, shiny. So shiny. Uh, Mark White, thank you for the next super chat. It's time to let old things die. Mandalore, the dark saber, children of the watch, helmet obsession, the cultish motto, making children fight, let it all die. <laughs> oh, read this in the Adam Driver voice. Oh, it's whoops. time to let old things die. Mandalore, the dark saber. Is that pretty good? Yeah. Children if I close my eyes. <laughs> helmet obsession, the cultish uh, motto. No. I lost it. I tried. <laughs> you had it there for a second. I tried. Um, yeah, making children fight was hard to watch, honestly. They just need to be kids. Uh, Bakey has the next super chat. Thank you. Okay, hear me out. Jar Jar was on Coruscant during the purge, and that was his personal shuttle to and from Naboo. Could be. I mean, it was a senator shuttle, a Naboo senator shuttle. It's, and it's a popular theory for a reason. That's who that was. He was a Naboo senator. <sighs> this is this is Barisafi all over again, though. I'm calling it. It's going to be someone else. <laughs> if it's anyone. <laughs> That's true. 
Thanura Ravindra has the next super chat. Thank you. I was initially thinking Barris saved Grogu, speaking of. So where could Barris be in canon? Chance of showing up in Ahsoka's show. I believe that's a rumor floating around now. Uh, but I feel like that's been a rumor in several different things, like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, we we thought it might be Barris in Star Wars Rebels. Like, I'll believe Barris is in something when she's like shows herself and she announces herself as I'm Barris Afi. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Filoni finally wants to finish my story. I think there's a chance she could show up in Ahsoka. It's gonna feel very fan servicey, but I mean. It sounds like he's been saving her story for something big. And I think Ahsoka getting her own live action TV show is something big. So if she shows up, I'm like, great. Fun, cool, awesome. Agreed. I'm down. Chances about I'll I'll go 40%. I don't want to oversell it. I don't think it's a flip of a coin. But I think it's higher than like low. <laughs> Higher than low. It's higher than low. Wow. Obviously. Wowie wow. Wowie wow. That was a good one. <laughs> I've been awake for so long. Garth McMurray, thank you for the next super chat. I'll admit that I recognized Ahmed best, but I had no prior knowledge of Kelleran Beck. I saw his name in the closed captioning and looked up his info. That's that's great. I mean, I think you were among a lot of people who thought the same thing and was like, why are they calling him that name? And to find out that he not only existed prior to this, but, but he existed in a kid's game show on YouTube is like, that's, that's just an exciting fact tunnel to go down. Yeah. I, I love the journey that people are going to go on if they want to, to be like, now who is this? Let me watch this game show. I love that. Uh, Jane Dalton, thank you for the next super chat. Did y'all find the part of the creed, one does not speak unless one knows, disturbing? Hmm. It feels like the implication is that once a child can speak, they're old enough to understand the creed. No way a kid that young understands. I, I, a lot of parts of the creed I find disturbing. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a lot of, I, I think we're, we're diving back into religion, but there are things that you can say that are nice on the surface that can be interpreted in a, in a different way. I interpreted that as just like a shut up if you don't know what you're talking about. Like that's, that's what Din was telling Ragnar. Because Ragnar mm -hmm. saw Grogu and was like, I can destroy this child. And Din was like, one doesn't speak unless one knows. And Ragnar was like, I know I can take this kid. Obviously proven wrong. And even Paz Vizsla was like, in my mind, I think that was Paz Vizsla <clears throat> underestimating Grogu, seeing what he could do, and then being like, oh, well, glad I didn't say anything. I think it's just a, a way to say, like, don't jump to conclusions. Yeah. Don't open your mouth and make yourself sound stupid, Ragnar. <laughs> you just got here, dude. 
don't <laughs> act like you've ever seen one of these baby Yodas uh, yeah, before. Right. You don't know what he can do. You've never uh, seen an adult Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I just had a random thought. What if Grogu is is uh, attracted to the idea of the creed because when spoken out loud it sounds slightly similar to how yoda speaks <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah yeah i like that he's like oh i slightly recognize the way that they're talking and it mm -hmm. sounds like someone i used to know sure <laughs> probably not uh, I'm the Stein. Thank you for another super chat. I keep thinking Bo is just trying to find figure out her place in everything, so I don't think she's fully bought into everything, but she's also feeling lost given what she's seen, and the armor will totally take advantage of that. I think that's it. Oh, sh sorry. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to star that. <laughs> I, I agree. Are you having uh, trouble starring super chats? Well, it moved up. <laughs> when I went to hit the star and I hit the chat instead. <laughs> so now I have to read it over here because you won't pull it back I, up. <laughs> I put it back up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Bo is lost. And, and my hope for now, because I, I don't think that the cult is the cult. I don't think that the Children of the Watch is like 100% evil. I think they just are, are going to far in the dogmatic way and they need to back off and so my hope is that Bo can help them do that but that the children of the watch can also help her regain some of her faith because when we started the season with her she was on her depression throne and <laughs> and she needs a little pick me up so it's the same thing i think i think we're just going to try to find that balance between faith and dogma and and because I don't think faith is bad, but dogma can be. And that's where I see the the children of the watch and the armor. So I, I don't know. I hope that she I hope the armor does not take advantage of Bo. I don't know that she would because she never took advantage of Din. Well, she Din's seems dumb. So she didn't have to, but I'm like, she could have taken advantage of Den. She could have taken the dark saber from him, but she didn't. So I do think that there's, but I, I think that was part of the plan. Yeah, maybe to maybe have that... Den as like this apprentice for her. Yeah. And then and... Bo-Katan comes along and she, she's got all this history, house crees, royalty on Mandalore. Uh, she's really feeling like there's more competition now, but she's still being very coy with her. When Bo-Katan brings up the Mythosaur, she writes it off like immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. oh, we we see a lot of things when we walk the way. Like, I think she's scared and absolutely feels threatened. And, and Bo-Katan like... is, is kind of somewhere in between. She doesn't really know what she saw what to think of it she's her home is gone her friends are gone like she's in a very weird place right now yes that's I, I love the armor for this reason because she's got a helmet on she's mysterious and i don't know what her motivations are and they could be literally anything she is super fun to watch yeah i hope we get to see emily swallow's face I think we will. 
eventually. That's like I said, I I want to see her and the rest of the covert feel comfortable taking their helmets off and saying this is the way for something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, I see Shaq yes. too with the next one. Thank you, Shaq. It says conspiracy. Molly gets up extra early, watches new episodes while Alex sleeps. This is how she knew to wear her Jedi Temples challenge sweater. I I wish I could say that that were possible, but I I was dead asleep this morning when you got up. If that is what happened, you're an amazing actor. Because when I woke you up, you just went like, Meh! you just did not want to. Nope, you didn't want to do it. That does sound like a sound I make in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning. It's what wakes me up. It's beautiful. Mm. I'm so lucky. <laughs> uh, Mike Hexit, thank you for the next one. What if Sabine shows up and causes issues with the way? See, I thought Bo would cause issues with the way, but like we've been talking about, she's a little lost in her own right. Uh, do we think Sabine is going to show up to shake things up even more? Hmm. Now that we're halfway through the season, I mean... Yeah, it's possible. I'm trying to remember how the second half of The Mandalorian went. Ahsoka, Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, there's there's still room for some cameos. And, and I do think that they probably will try to feed into Ahsoka, the show. Yeah. So and 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 she just makes sense to appear. I agree. I don't know that Sabine is going to show up this early in the game in this show because we're just now getting all this added information about Bo-Katan. Like, people who didn't previously know who she was are just now getting to know her. Yeah. I so, don't think that she's going to come up, like, specifically to mess with the way. Nah. <laughs> but she could show up like at the very end. I, I think she'll probably pop up still. Uh, I'm the Stein. This is a fun one. Uh, thank you for the next super chat. Panaka lives and sent the ship to save Grogu. Yeah, he did. He blew up. <laughs> oh, I thought you said, yeah, he did. No, no, he did. He did. Oh, he did. Poor Panaka. It would be fun, though. I mean, that's hey, that's one that I would never guess because I assumed he was dead. So that that feels like a a Filoni Favreau thing to do. I don't think they're bringing him back. I don't either. I think he died in. Uh, but he could have Princess of Alderaan. Could have family. Well, we knew we knew his family in the books, I guess, but a secret twin brother, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Doom Slayer, thank you for the next one that just says, this is the way. This is the way. 
Is that the Doomslayer or fake Doomslayer? I don't know anymore. I don't know. The fake Doomslayer that showed up several times in chat is astounding to me. Whoever that is is really dedicated to the cause. Uh, I think this is fake Doomslayer. Hey, you know what? Shout out for spending, what, five minutes to make a new account, be an asshole for one second, get blocked, and then you're <laughs> gone again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, keep doing it. Keep it up. Right on. What a way to spend your time. <laughs> I'm the Stein. Thank you for the next super chat. Uh, I think a Vizsla having a problem with a Mandalorian Jedi would be a bit too glaringly ironic. Vizsla having problem with the Mandalorian Jedi. Eh. I think we were talking about uh, the fact that all the Mandalorians were accepting of Grogu and his mm -hmm. use of the Force. And so, yeah, it's like Paz Vizsla doesn't have a lot of room to talk because Tar Vizsla was the first Mandalorian Jedi. Sure. Also, now he owes a lot to Din, so he can't have beef with Grogu, period. You know what? That That's a really good point, because Molly, you brought up that Grogu probably has some conflicting feelings about training as a Jedi. But yeah, now... if he was with Luke for so long, Luke was probably teaching him all about not using the Force to fight. Yeah, but now he's training as a Mandalorian, and it's these two different ways of life. So how did Tar Vizsla marry the two? Like, how how are you a Jedi and also a Mandalorian at the same time? That could be something else that we continue exploring, and I think that's very interesting. He made the Darksaber, and then he had a cool helmet. And he was like, I'm both. But But how can you be a Jedi and a warrior? at the same time. Gray Jedi. Those don't exist. Let's <laughs> start that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have an answer for everything. But I, but I, but I okay, okay right. I kind of see what you're saying. Like, gray Jedi, that term means nothing. But a Force user that isn't necessarily a Jedi, that, that okay. uses the light side, like... If, if we're playing by the rules... The title Mandalorian Jedi does not exist. They cancel each other out. You are either a Mandalorian or you are a Jedi. Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? Because Tar Vizsla exists. So is he the only Mandalorian Jedi? Did they try it once and they were like, never mind, this doesn't work? Or did he successfully figure it out? He didn't stick around for long. I don't know. We don't know. Do we not know? No. We just know that he was the first Mandalorian Jedi. He made the Darksaber, and then the Jedi kept it after his death. How did he die? I, I, we don't know. <laughs> so many questions. I know. Thanks a lot, Filoni. <laughs> but, okay, to, to wrap this up, uh, I, I think the idea here is, yes, we are exploring what it is to be a Mandalorian, and what it is to be a Jedi kind of simultaneously in, in this day and age yeah. when there is no Jedi order, there is no Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, what does it all mean? It doesn't have to be so strict. And I think that's going to be the end all be all message that like, no, you don't have to wear your stupid helmet all the time. You don't have to eat alone. 
no, you can't use the force for fun to get candy off other people's desk. You should be able to do it all. <laughs> you should be able to do it all. As long as you have balance. Physically and mentally. I would be, be interested able to, to see up. if they, they keep that exploration going. Yeah. Uh, Dave McHugh, thank you so much for the next one. Love the show, but tired of the, quote, giant creatures plot device in the Mandoverse. Ravenek, Mudhorn, Rancor, Crate, Giant Alligator, Ice Spider, Bird Dinosaur, Harryhausen Creature, etc. happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Uh, it's like once a movie, it's like palatable. It does happen. It feels like once an episode almost. I get it. I do too. I mean, it. You seemed upset when the giant dinosaur bird came in. I was, <laughs> I was more upset because it came out of nowhere, and I was like, "Hold on, you have turtle dinosaurs and flying dinosaurs." I wasn't mad at its existence. I was more mad at the Mandalorians for being like. Why are you staying here? But it, right. that's probably the point because they want life to be a struggle and difficult. And this is the way. Bleh. It's so dumb that they would know that these creatures exist, know that this has happened before, and they still train out there. Basically just tempting fate. Yep. But this is the way, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to just keep adding this, I guess, after every time I say this is the way. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Levermore Rich, thank you for the next super chat. Calling it now, Grogu will inherit the Darksaber, bringing the legacy of Tarvis the full circle by being both Mandalorian and Jedi. Well, I, I, little, I think that's a possibility for sure. My little figure doesn't have the Darksaber yet, but he's got the outfit. We've talked about the potential of this quite a bit. And I don't know that he will inherit the Darksaber, but I think he will play a pivotal role in helping both the Mandalorians and the Jedi understand each other a little bit better and maybe not live so strictly by their silly rules. Because <laughs> they always get you in trouble. Uh, Liam Logston, thank you for the next one. Thoughts on Palpatine being the one to set up the getaway for Grogu. Uh, not many Jedi knew he was also a Sith. I admit it may fall apart because he would, how would he know about Grogu and why are clones shooting at him? I reject that idea because it's too sad. <laughs> that Keller and Beck may have just fallen into a trap right away. I think Palpatine is pretty busy at this point in time. He was a he was a smart man with a lot of plans, but this was his big moment. I don't know that he's got stuff set up for for Grogu. Maybe he knew about him, but I I, I think that at this point it was just like kill. 
that like that's too much of a risk obviously like clones were shooting at him as the elevator doors were closing if he super wanted grogu then he would have found a way to protect grogu he would have put him on the do not kill list yeah just he like, would have put him in the in the dropbox just like anakin <laughs> the sheet yeah was and then whoever they thought would make him a good a good inquisitor they were on the do not kill list yep he had his little google sheet and Grogu was not on that sheet. Clones were shooting at him. Uh, Madison Badger, thank you for the next one. Did Grogu's circular armor have electrical components on the inside layer? What do you suppose they do, Molly? I was noticing that too, because I was like, are they just making him a tiny shield? And then she was using her tools and we saw those like little tiny parts they, they looked like wires and she there were sparks flying i don't know what she was doing but it looked a lot more complicated than just a piece of beskar so i think there's more to that little thing than we know same with grogu true <laughs> i mean we we saw that there were electrical components to the chest piece that din has too don't know what they do <laughs> i I have no clue. They, they stick to his chest. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably something Star Wars-y. Like, he talks about how his armor has lost its integrity. Maybe it's like they have... Uh, oh, I forget what it's called in ships. But there are, like, gravitational fixers. That's not it. But they, they account Magnets? for... No, am I thinking of alluvial dampeners? It's it's like it's That's like a Star when, Wars when, thing. When, yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of that. Like they they help human bodies deal with the acceleration. So maybe if something hits inertial dampener, maybe. That's oh, what from, MC Lego Boy said. Uh, yeah, sure. So maybe ab ab ablative armor. These are words that I do not know. <laughs> Like maybe the electrical comp components help spread Structural out. Structural integrity. Like if you get hit by a mud horn, it doesn't kill you. Mm. I don't shock know. Ab shock absorbers. Yeah, basically. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah, I think there's more to it and we'll f figure it out the next time we see him. <laughs> Uh, Kase has the next super chat, and I like it. Uh, has Pippin forgiven you for the disturbance when you saw Ahmed? <laughs> uh, I, we're we're on uh, good terms. He stabbed me as he was getting out of my lap, so <laughs> I, I think it all evened out. But when Ahmed Best appeared on screen, I started Pippin was in my lap, and I started slapping my leg out of excitement. And Pippin did not like that, and <laughs> he got up, stabbed me, and then walked away. <laughs> He didn't walk away. He ran away. Ah, uh, sure. That's part of the stabbing. <clears throat> uh, Zargo, Dan, thank you for the next one. Wait, it's Star Wars. The armorer is someone we know. The Duchess Satine herself. Sorry if I nailed the pick. I, uh, I think she is super dead. Hold on. I missed that one in... Your 
your starred ones. I think you missed I may one. Have, I may have missed one. I'm sorry. Wow. What did I say? I tried. Oh, I missed one out of 60. Well, I bet it's a mess from here on out. <laughs> uh, let me scroll up. But Sargodan, no, I, I, that was seven. I, I don't think it is the armor. It was at 724, if that helps. I'm 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 going. Gotta scroll way up. Well, while you're doing that, <laughs> I'm gonna read Ethan's out. Thank you, Ethan. Hey, been watching y'all for a long time. Goats of Star Wars. I found you... it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sargo Dan, for the super chat. Uh if is the armor someone we know? I don't think so. I'm leaning towards no, and it's definitely not Duchess Satine. Nope. She did. She did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we at now? Uh, Ethan Recow, thank you for the next super chat. Hey, been watching y'all for a long time. Goats of Star Wars YouTube, in my opinion. What kind of role do you think Boba Fett will play in this season thematically, given all the different perspectives on Mando culture? Did you skip Eric Bruno's super chats? Uh, maybe. Um, I'll look in a second. But what do we think of his of Boba Fett's role? Well, we'll see if he appears at all. I don't think Boba Fett cares about the other Mandalorians. I, don't I mean, he might, but like. I'd be really curious to see what he thinks of all the uh, children of the watch behavior. I don't think he would give a crap. Like he didn't care about anything that Din said in episode in what episode six of season two. He was like, I just follow my own code. I did you take the creed? He's like, I don't care. I just want my armor. Like, but I, I do think that his story is important for the rest of Mando, the the show, because he is a perspective on what it is to be a Mandalorian. I, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if he's going to be in this season, but I would like to see him continue to play a role in the future. Agreed. Uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> oh, Mr. Doctor Professor Puse. Puse. <laughs> uh, they have the next two. Okay, they have the next two super chats. Thank you so much. I hoped from the moment Kuil mentioned the mythosaur that we'd be seeing one, be seeing a living one. To be vindicated feels good. It is very exciting. I do wonder how they're going to get it off world though. People mentioned the pirate frigate for the N one but maybe it can also hold the mythosaur. Yeah, we don't really know how big it is. It looks yeah, real it looks big. It looks pretty big. I don't know that they're going to get it off world or if they should try. This feels like a Zillow Beast situation waiting to happen of just, oh, we brought it to our new dinosaur-infested world and now it's running amok and it's the new apex predator. And now we've ruined this ecosystem. Yeah. Plus... Feels like the mythosaur might want to stay on its own planet if it's livable. 
he's like, why do I have to leave? Why don't you guys just come fix the planet? Because it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I don't know that it's going off of Mandalore. Probably is like, I don't want to. Not today. Uh, Spineless Oaf has the next one. Thank you. Were Grogu and Anakin born around the same time? Grogu is 50 uh, in season one. Then he's 23 in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, isn't that approximately Anakin's age? Coincidence? I think it is a coincidence. Are we saying that he's another chosen one? <laughs> People have thrown around that idea that he could, like, they could be a dyad or something, and I don't think so. I genuinely do think it's a coincidence. I think Favreau wrote a large number down for, for episode one, saying, like, your target is 50 years old, so we would all go, oh, it's an old man. and then, That could be anyone. That could be Bo-Katan. It could be a baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Like, that was the point, that no one would think it was a baby. And yeah. then... It was, and we went, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. So I mean, I'm leaning towards coincidence right now. Din could have befriended a slightly older man. We don't know. <laughs> and become very attached. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's coincidence. Uh, Tin Man has the next one. Thank you. What if Jar Jar starts the path from the Kenobi show? I think he and Keller and Beck could do that together, and, and it would be great. And Seer. And Seer. I, I don't know why I'm advocating. I'm fine with that. For that so hard. I think it makes sense. But yeah, it would be nice to tie some of these characters together in that they're all doing something as good as creating something like The Path. Uh, uh, I'm, oh. I'm going to say we're going to try to pick up the pace here because we still have a lot to get through. And we're on this one first, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say we're going to try to pick up the pace because I am running out of steam. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go till 930. If we have anything left after that, we'll answer them on tomorrow's stream. Yep. Uh, Star or Galen Good, thank you for the next one. Did it cross your mind that Bo Katan would get a mud horn on her pauldron? No, I was just kind of bummed that she lost one of her pauldrons, and but I do like that she went mythosaur. I mean, I kind of had the the theory that she would, but I don't I don't see why she would have gotten a mud horn. That I I'm not buying into the idea that she wants to be the mommy to <laughs> the daddy and the baby in right. this story. That's, that's not her place, but Mythosaur makes sense. Cause she's like, that's my goal. Now I I've seen it. I believe it. We'll see if I can tame it. Yeah. Mythosaur makes more sense to me than Mudhorn. Sure. Star Wars fan 3131, thank you. Does anyone in Star Wars use president as political title? We've seen governors, prime ministers, and other titles, but I can't recall if anyone's ever been called a president. I'll just Wikipedia it right now. I feel like using the term president would be too real, like too close to home. Governor is one of those that like 
that one that that term has showed up in a lot of stories that are fantasy based so well mm. y you would be wrong okay <laughs> it's happened rarely but it's happened light of the jedi mission to disaster lost stars oh a couple of references really? in andor yeah Pres oh the president of the uh the daughters of ferrix was that one uh yep yep marva karassi andor served as the president of the daughters of ferrix i just remembered that but jamie brayson was the president of the planet begamore so <laughs> Ooh, begamore couple a couple of different presidents out out there that's a cool planet name uh, um miranda here thank you for the next one i actually haven't seen jedi temple challenge yet it's next on my docket now that Kelleron Beck is in the canon. It's a really fun watch. It's super honestly. fun. It's super fast. Pick a team. Just pick a team color every episode and root for that team. And you'll have so much fun. Like, that's literally all we did was at the start, Molly and I would choose which color team we liked and we would root for them. And it was it was fun. Just as long as you keep in mind that it is a show meant for kids about kids. You know, like it's it's a very lighthearted show, but it does have a lot of fun, cool facts in it. Mm -hmm. And it is really fun to pit the kids against each other in your mind. And if you grew up watching Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple or any of those kids game shows, it's a blast. Yes. Lord Haas, thank you for the next one. Can we all? Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Uh, w sorry, Lord Haas. We'll have to wait to glorify you, but I will. Andrew711, thank you for the next one. Can we all just agree that Grogu was given a giant commemorative pin or button by the armorer? <laughs> yeah, that was the celebration exclusive. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Someone needs to make that for celebration. <laughs> uh, you didn't start, Lord Toss. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I missed two. I missed two now out of 70. But look how long it takes me to go find it. <laughs> uh, Lord Hosk said, did I call it or did I call it? In 2020, okay. I'm the best because Lord Hosk did suggest oh. that Keller and Beck could be the one to save Grogu. That's right. You brought him up Well earlier. done. I did. Well done, Lord Hosk. Are they still in chat? I don't know. <laughs> we shall celebrate his name. Hip hip hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Stein. Thank you for another super chat. I once had a Mythosaur ask me for <laughs> about tree fitty. I need about tree fitty. That took, oh my me God. Until, took me until almost the end of the super chat, but I did get it. <laughs> that takes me back. Stalin oh, South Park reference. God, is South Park God still on? Damn it, Mythosaur. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I need about tree fitty. what a good show I haven't seen South Park in a long time me neither but anyway. it really had some good hits <laughs> laser bolt <laughs> videos thank you for the next one is it possible Jar Jar was supposed to rescue Grogu and the Naboo ship but it was just easier to use Ahmed's Jedi character instead just a fun thought now I think I think they went all in on Keller and Beck and it was the right choice I love I love that they did Keller and Beck. And I will choose to believe that was all on 
purpose, it was part of the plan, etc. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bring back Ahmed Best, bring him back in all of his glory with no CGI, just his beautiful face and put him in his own Jedi robes and call it a day. Let him be a badass on screen just the way they did. I loved it. Yeah. Calm like a bomb. Thank you for another super chat. How much do we know about the path? Could we see a story where Keller and helps to start the path? I would love that. I think it's possible. You know what? I think we have a lot of very smart viewers because this has come up quite a few times and I love this theory. Yeah, I do too. I think it's great. Kudos uh, to all of you. So let's see, Darth Nicholas has a few here. And I think four of them are related. So I'm going to read them in a row real quick. Okay. As much as I love Dee Bradley Baker's performances, it was great to hear Tim Morrison coming off the heels of Kenobi using the clones once again, uh, voicing the clones once again, this time with new lines and not pre-recorded old lines as in the Book of Boba Fett Order 66 scene. Hearing Tim voice the clones once again induced a lot of nostalgia in me and immediately took me back to 2004 and 2005 and my memories playing Battlefront 1, Republic Commando, and Battlefront 2. It's so crazy to think Battlefront 2 was Tim's last time voicing any clones, not all of them, like he did in Battlefront 1 before Kenobi and now Mando Season 3. I would love to hear him more often now. This episode, Andor and Kenobi, make me wish they used live action and not CGI clones in the prequels. I just don't understand why they couldn't use physical instead of digital armor in the prequels. Oh, they There was could've. too many of them. They could have, they just there was, didn't. There was way too many of them. Also, yeah, George really wanted to just make them all CGI because that idea just tickled him to death. <laughs> and he was like, the more CG characters we can create, the less money these movies are going to cost to make, in his mind, but that's not necessarily true. But, but Nicholas brings up something I did want to point out earlier, and that was when I first heard the clones' voices, I was like wait, that sounds off because it wasn't D. Bradley Baker. Like that has become so ingrained in me that I heard that voice and I was like, that's Django Fett. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's right. That's how it should be in live action. I get it. But yeah, I am so used to D. Bradley Baker as the clones. It is it, it is a subtle detail. And now that I, I, I hadn't thought about it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I did hear the difference. Mm hmm. And it just kind of like made the scene even better for me. I was already having a great time. Hmm. Hmm. You just saying you had a great time. I was like, Dad, I had a great time today. Today was a great day for a Star Wars fan. What? Oh, but Spiral, I, I haven't read this all, but they might need some help. Spiral needs some Star Wars counseling. Thank you for your super chat. I used to be a canon completionist. Mid-2019, I fell off the wagon. Too much content and some of it meh. Now I only read and watch what I like, but feel like I'm missing context because I haven't kept up. Oh, I don't know if I can counsel you on that. I mean, I think you're doing the right thing. If you like, you should do what is right for your fandom. If, if being a completionist is not fun to you, I don't recommend you be a completionist. Um, is it fun for you? Yeah. But like, we have the advantage of this being our job. Uh, 
which which is thanks to everyone watching, all of our subscribers, our patrons, etc. Like, it is no longer my free time, you know, that I I don't get off of work and go home to read right. a Star Wars book that I'm like, I'm not into this. Like, if I'm reading a Star Wars book, it is for my job. So I, we have different perspectives, but it does mean that being a completionist is enjoyable for me. I, I yeah. would not, th there are definitely some comics that I would have stopped reading mm -hmm. if I did not have the channel. Um, probably wouldn't keep up with hyperspace stories or I probably would have dropped off of the bounty hunter comics the the most recent Darth Vader comics I, I I may have gotten the trade paperbacks but it wouldn't be a month to month thing I will say I I I love that you are co the completionist of the two of us because mm -hmm. even though I am very much uh, a part of this channel and work very hard to to be as as big of a part of it as as I can be even I don't read everything because I just, I, I'm not that big of a reader, you know, like I will just, my mind just wanders. I got other stuff that I am thinking about constantly. And like, I love these stories to death. I just can't, I'm, I'm like you, I can't keep up with them. Well, I, and, I don't... and I think it's the same thing is that just because you're a part of a star Wars channel, I don't think you should, be a completionist for that sake. You should only right. do it if you like it. And right. I do like it. And I mentioned comics that if I were reading them in my free time, I probably wouldn't keep up with them as well as I do. But since I am fortunate enough to read them as a job, I'll read them and I will enjoy them. I'll find things to like about them. Uh, and some of them go up and down for me, but Overall, I'm just like, hey, today I, I got to read Star Wars. <laughs> I, I will say for for you, you know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but like, I mean, we do cover book reviews and, and things like that. But there are other creators out there. Like I know Broaxium covers a lot of the comics, if not all of them. Broaxium uh, comics with uh, Katarn. Well, Kyle Katarn is his channel name, but he does a weekly comics with Katarn. Yeah. So is, there are yeah. a ton of other amazing content creators out there that are doing these in-depth reviews of all the books, all the comics. And I would suggest going and, and seeking them out because even, even I've done that. If Alex doesn't do a deep enough review an explanation of a book you or a comic story. You just come story. talk to me. <laughs> You're busy. You get mad when I ask you too many questions. Uh, <laughs> I, I will go look up someone else's video on it because maybe I want a fresh new perspective. Maybe I don't want to bother you. Either way, there Stop are other... Stop asking me questions when I'm on the toilet. That's all right. <laughs> there are other amazing <laughs> content creators out there that go into detail about a lot of the content that you might feel like is getting to be too much. And just, just know that you're not alone. It's fine to not read and see everything. 
as long as you get the major beats, you're you're there. You're enjoying it. Even if you just go and look up the basic storyline plot synopsis of like the big High Republic books, the the adult books, you're in. You're in the club. Yeah. It, well, it's also just such a gamble because who would have guessed that Jedi Temple Challenge would have been, I don't want to call it required viewing, but like... I certainly didn't think when we were watching it three years ago that like this is going to come back. It just you never know what is or isn't going to come back. So uh, I, I understand the pressure to feel like you should be a completionist. But if it's not fun for you, don't do it like do do something you enjoy. Like it's it was exciting for us because we did watch Jedi Temple Challenge while it was coming out in 2020. But I imagine it's just as exciting to see Ahmed Best on screen and say, who is that? And go find out for the first time that that character already exists and it's part of a children's game show. Like I would love to yeah. go back in time and watch that for the first time having after having seen him be the one to save Grogu, I would be like so psyched to relive that experience. Yeah. I look forward Anyways. to talking to my casual friends about this, but uh, we're going to try to, we, we got to rally and move fast. Got we, it. Let's try to finish in 11 minutes. <laughs> we have dinner to eat and things to do. Let's roll. Joel Davis. Thank you for the next one. I have one worry is that fans are projecting a bit on the way and the cult, and I'm not sure what Favreau wants to say with them just yet. I have the same worry. I'm not always sure what he wants to say. I I do think he knows, but sometimes I wonder. I have I have that worry too. I I feel like I've seen a lot of people agree with this statement especially today, but just kind of along the way so far in the newest season of Mando. And it's valid. It's it's valid because it is a little bit confusing as to wh what direction they're trying to take this. They've kind of strung us along for a long time of, of what the armor wants. We still don't know. Like that's getting a little bit frustrating for me of, of like, all right, we've known the armorer for three seasons now. What is her end goal? We don't know. We don't know. And we and probably won't for a while. That's I, I agree. That can be frustrating. I agree that I have that worry too. I, I but, think he probably knows what he wants to say. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You're just trying to pack in as much fun stuff along the way as possible. Uh, Come like a bomb. Thank you for the next or another super chat. I should say this will forever be known as the best episode with a capital B. Love it. Ah, the best. <laughs> the ah. Ahmed best. Uh huh. Uh, Mr. Doctor Professor. Uh, Puce or Puce, we haven't decided how to say that yet. I think people would be less upset about multiple focus characters if they just renamed the show to The Mandalorians and had Book of Boba Fett as a subtitle for that show. That's how I've been envisioning it. I don't know if I, like, I'm just not seeing people complain about that. But again, we have strategically muted terms and people who are known for complaining. So maybe we're just, we just have a 
finely curated timeline, but it does not bug me at all. Yeah, I, I'm not afraid to finely tune my my internet experience, and you shouldn't be either. I say use that block and mute button a lot. Like, I don't know why people are complaining about Grogu getting a focus of a third of this episode. He is like the second main character of the series. So yeah, he is. Well, okay. Pershing, I kind of get, but let's, we, we need to know what's going on with the new Republic. Yeah. And I do like that they are using, they used Dr. Pershing to get us to that point. Cause I thought that was a nice touch because his character has so many layers. Anyways, um, we still don't know who the Mandalorian quote unquote is about. Who is the Mandalorian? The title character. I is it Din? Din? Could be Grogu. Could be Bo. It's probably Din, but you know, it, it works in a lot of different ways. Uh, Arika Shulman, thank you for another super chat. I felt sorry for Bo this episode. She looked so sad and alone by the fire. She seemed like she looked for approval from the rest. I liked how nice and kind she was with Grogu. Yeah, she just didn't. She seemed lost this episode. I just had a thought. We just saw them around a fire in the last episode. Her talking about Pog Soup and how much it was a tradition and like how shocked she was when they when Den said he'd never had it. Like that was a pivotal moment for all of them. They were bonding. Mm-hmm. And then bookend it with this moment around a fire and she has to eat alone. Helmet off alone, talking yeah. to no one. Yeah. Sad. sad. It is sad. And that's one of the moments where we both rolled our eyes when Paz Fizzle was like, this is the way. And we're like, this is so dumb. Stop I was it. Like, I kept thinking, this is what you do when you have to go take a dump and you're camping. You go yeah. off, you find your own little spot. And you do your business. Yeah, because they're like ashamed to show their face. But like eating a meal together is like what family does. It's not a shameful thing. Come on. (laughs) Come on, people. Come on. That's so not Pog. I love (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, Page Turners, they were not. Thank you for the next super chat. Hey, Alex and Molly, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Ulrika. Thank you for another super chat. Do you think that Kellerin instructed Grogu that was his teacher? Yes, I do. I think even though he called him kid, I think Kellerin knew Grogu. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah, because I'll i bring it up again. Just the fact that he had that line, everything's going to be all right, kid. That's in the time that we got that line in this episode... I think they did that on purpose so that anyone could attribute that to them. You can put yourself in the shoes of Grogu and imagine yourself being saved by Ahmed Best. <laughs> uh, Darth Nicholas, thank you for the next one. Do you think Keller and Beck was on an undercover assignment on Coruscant's Underworld and Attack of the Clones? Oh, the way Quinlan was in The Phantom Menace, a clone of Beck, maybe. Uh, no, my current fan theory headcanon is that Kellerin Beck and Ahmed Beck are twin brothers uh, and poor Ahmed Beck has to take the brunt of his parents. They're always on him. Like, why can't you just 
stop being a con man and get a respectable job like your brother Kelleran. He's a Jedi master. He teaches children. Ahmed, be more like Kelleran. That sounds like such a rich backstory for Ahmed Beck. For those of you who might not know who Ahmed Beck is, there's a scene in episode two in the Outlander Club when Anakin and Obi-Wan are in there and Ahmed Best makes a cameo and he is canonically known as Ahmed Beck. Ahmed Beck. And he's standing next to uh, his friend, uh, Faitoni. Daniel Faitoni is not in that specific shot, but he he is next to Amanda Amanda or Katie Lucas. I can't recall which one that is. Yeah. One of the Lucas daughters. (laughs) That's who we're talking about when we bring up his other canon character. They, we don't know if they're related, but they're, the last names are the same, so I assume they are. I think they are. I think that was on purpose. Redbeard, thank you for the next super chat. Do the living waters shine due to Beskar mining? <gasps> I think that I think that's Beskar ore. I think that's the implication. Yeah. Bo-Katan said that the living waters gave their ancestors Beskar ore. Yeah, that makes sense. I just assumed it was fancy glitter water. Because that's always what I assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. Uh, Diego Emanol, thank you for the next one. May the force guide Brian Ward and his quest to Photoshop Dexter Jetster into Mando every week. Yes. Anyone uh, who cares about our thumbnails or art in general, go follow Brian Ward on Twitter because he did an amazing Photoshop of uh Dexter Jetster being the one trying to get through that door in oh, the Jedi Temple. I forgot about he, that. He's just holding a little DoorDash bag. <laughs> this is great. Uh I was going to show his latest Photoshop. But yeah, this is this is the man that makes our photo our thumbnails. So you should go support him. Brian oh. Ward on Twitter. And he is photoshopping Dexter Jetster into the Mandalorian every week. Until he shows up, which I applaud him for that. Fingers crossed. (laughs) David Livingston, thank you for the next one. I nominate for headcanon that Keller and Beck was hidden away and the Jedi Temple challenges him training Jedi during the Imperial era. Ooh. I think that's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) But... I, I like the thought because he had like a Jedi ship. He had two Jedi droids. I, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a fun idea. I think Jedi Temple Challenge as a show uh, is not technically canon. His character is, and he did train younglings, but that show of normal humans from normal human towns did not Todd exist. from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. That was excellent. <laughs> I'm the Stein. Thank you for another super chat. If Mandalorian is about what it means to be a Mandalorian, then is Ahsoka going to be about what it means to be a Force user? Probably not. <gasps> what? I Okay, go ahead. You you gasped at that. I, I just think that Ahsoka is a separate show written by a separate man and will probably be about separate things. But Ahsoka would fit that category, I think, as a strictly not strictly a Jedi as in she graduated from Jedi college kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
I think, I mean, I said it earlier, Grogu being in this show brings a lot of questions of what it is to be a Mandalorian and what it is to be a Jedi, because he was outright given the choice to pick one of the two. But I think in the end, he's going to use some combination of both teachings, right? He's not going to be this gladiator of a fighter uh, swinging the dark saber around willy nilly. And he's not going to be meditating all day on us on a rock. Uh, He's going to be something in between. And I think Ahsoka is probably going to over time explore what her role is in the galaxy, not necessarily what it is to be a force user, but because she doesn't necessarily identify as Jedi, or maybe she does, I'm not sure. Like we're, we're gonna explore that and probably continue to explore the these hard rules that are put on these titles of Jedi Mandalorian. You, you changed my mind off of my snap impulse decision i think that actually makes a lot of sense some loose version of that yes i do like that (laughs) uh sweet feet pete thank you for the the next one do mandos have to leave their helmet on to make kid (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna read that as written i know you didn't mean to write it that way uh but i love it (laughs) Uh, this actually came up earlier in the stream, and as far as we know, yes. I think Paz Vizsla, yes. Anyone that's outside of the Children of the Watch, no. It's going to sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of clanging around. <laughs> Sorry if that was loud. <laughs> it was worth it. Uh, Freezy2324, thank you for the next super chat. Where do you think Grogu was up until Mando Mando chapter one? And where was Ahsoka during the Galactic Civil War? Ahsoka was stuck on Malachor. What are you giggling about? (laughs) Chat's reaction to that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, it was in some Legends comic. I like that. Mm. That's. Uh, (laughs) I think Ahsoka was stuck on Malachor. And whenever she got out through the world between worlds, probably took her to present day. I'm, I'm going to accept that as headcanon for now. Grogu, I don't know. Pirates took him. <laughs> Pirates. Either that or he was hanging out with the Gungans in the Gungan city for a while, which would make sense. Oh, he'd be hidden down there until pirates attacked yeah. and stolen. But... The the real answer is we have no idea about who those people were that had Grogu. Mm. Uh, Justin Carter, thank you for the next one. Scob the Empire, I'd love to see a Grogu comic series set 200 years in the future and tells his stories as a Mandalorian adventurer when he's grown. I think I that's a great it. idea. I don't think they'll do it until the series, the live action series is done. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're not going to reveal anything about Grogu's that that far into Grogu's future for that now. But I do we we've talked about the idea of Grogu being a a wise teacher to future foundlings 
and Mandalorians. It would be wild if they did like a five issue miniseries when the series was over and every issue was a hundred years into the future. So like jump a hundred years, one issue, jump and jump 200 years issue, just like really follow his life for five issues. That'd be cool. That would be cool. And Justin has the next one as well. Thank you. Why is it hard for the armor to believe a mythosaur still exists when things like crate dragons are running around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I missed this one too. You did. Oops. Sorry, I, I can't bring it up because it hasn't been starred. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it read was, it again. It, it was 843. Why is it hard for the armor to believe the mythosaur still exists when things like the crate dragon are running around? I, I don't think. I, I think it's because it means so much to their culture that, and and she's spent this whole time telling her her whole covert that Mandalore is poison. We can't go back there. There's nothing there worth going back to, and the thought of a mythosaur being there stuck there all by a little lonesome she's like oh no yeah i don't like i can't decide if she believes or not and if she is just like i'm gonna keep this information to myself or or what but she did have I, I just think... like this one little moment where she kind of like snapped back at Bo. Like, yeah what did you say I think I'm done guessing what the the armorer is going to say or do because I'm always wrong about it. I, I just can't. I can't track her. I don't know. I can't shake him. Can't shake her. Uh, Garth McMurray, thank you for the next super chat. Flash forward to Grogu versus Ragnar to rule Mandalore. Pfft, Ragnar loses. Oh, yeah. Come on. He got stolen by a giant bird. <laughs> yeah. And got swallowed up. If there were like a, a campaign to get voted as Mandalore, that'd be the first thing Grogu said. It's like, hey, vote for a candidate who never got stolen and eaten for a day by a giant bird. Which, <laughs> by the way, that wigged me out. The fact that he he was in that bird for like a day at least. And then he got gagged up. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, well, we we know that Boba Fett can survive in a Sarlacc pit, so something about that armor really helps out in the digestive system <laughs> of a monster. Uh, Jack Grinnan, thank you for the next super chat. I lived in London for school and just moved back right before celebration. Ter terrible timing. Why is that terrible? Oh, you moved away from London? Okay. I'm wondering uh, what type of project that we haven't heard about yet would you like to see announced there? Uh, hmm. regardless of the rumors and stuff swirling around it, I hope to get some movie news. Well, we've heard lots of rumors about movie news. So a project that we haven't heard about yet that we would like to see, uh, I want to see something new for the parks. Galaxy's Edge needs something else to do. Like, we've been there several times now. There's a lot of fun shopping to do. There's, like, two big rides, and that's it. The, then the other thing you can do is eat, 
and stand in line and eat more. Like there, it needs something else to do. And I don't know what that is, but I would love them to announce anything else for Galaxy's that, Edge. That is true. We've been there enough times that we're like, okay, we've done it all and I'll do it all again. And I would do oh, it yeah. all again tomorrow. But not complaining. We've only done Rise of the Resistance once. True. But it is just another ride you have to sign up for and wait in mm -hmm. line for. And yeah. I just I want to point out that Geography Geek apparently found the the map where the opening shot took place on Google Maps. <laughs> wait, what? That's impressive. Uh the first shot of episode oh of episode three. Okay. Wait. Episode three or four. It's at Lake Powell, Tower Butte, in the background, right on the Arizona-Utah border. That sounds like desert. That sounds like today's episode. Mm. But it spent half the stream on Google Maps. Uh, congratulations wow. for finding it. That's incredible. <laughs> that, is, that is dedication. <laughs> four. Episode okay. four. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's amazing. Because I, I can see that opening shot. Way to live up to your name. <laughs> love it love it well done <laughs> uh garth mcmurray has the next super chat thank you garth will grogu use the force to throw his little round shield around like captain america does ricocheting it to hit several enemies we discussed that today i think that this is very likely i think well they didn't give him a little bracelet but like there's something electronic about that tiny shield that makes me think he'll be able to control it with something i don't know maybe the it force, was just a bunch the force of really will work for me well, yeah that too but maybe it was just a bunch of really fancy magnets maybe regular magnets don't work on beskar so that's what all that extra work was but i i don't know i would like to see him throw it me too especially captain america style just he could throw it. He could ride it. He could do anything. Uh, I'm going to read the next two super chats from Darth Shibby <laughs> as I giggle <laughs> at their profile picture, uh, which it just says Shasha Shibby, fart, fart, no face, uh, wind. I don't know what that last emoji is. <laughs> and the, the second super chat is similar that just says, sweet, sweet Shibby, fart, fart, no face, wind. I'm. Intrigued. You're handling this very well. I thought you were going to laugh more. Are those fart emojis? They just look like wind. I think we know what those are. I mean, yeah, I use them as fart emojis, but like, <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> but thank you so much, Darth Shibby. I would love to know if, if there's like a decoder ring for these <laughs> that we have to right into is it an ovaltine deal what do, what do we have to do to to get this i'm into it though thank you so much okay i'm going to read uh decaf coffees next thank you this says first mando after show i've made this season i usually work late i'm hey. so happy for ahmed best my only fear is he dies protecting grogu i'm also terrified of that likely possibility mm. i was afraid we were going to see it today i was thrilled he escaped Yeah, I mean, if he did die protecting Grogu, then he, he died doing what he devoted his life to. 
and it, it, it would be sad, but I think it would be a noble end for that character because of what he has devoted his life to. You know, he's, he's accomplished yeah. a lot. I, I kind of think that's likely his fate, unfortunately, but I'm thrilled that we got him at all. Yes. Okay, and we're down to the last three here from Darth Nicholas. I'm going to read them all. Thank you, Nicholas, so much. Uh, could you see Boba Fett providing a refugee to the children of the Watch at Jabba's Palace or Tatooine generally if they grow tired of the constant predator attacks? Would you like <laughs> to see such a thing? That would be an interesting way to bring Boba Fett back into the story. Just be yeah, like, Yeah, hey. because I said earlier, I was like, what if they get too many? Yeah. Uh, should have mentioned this earlier, but I have to give myself a pat on the back for predicting correctly last week that we would revisit Grogu's Order 66 flashback this week. Well mm. done. I don't know if you've noticed. That was a good but... call. Yeah. Because I, I was know. not expecting that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think we thought it once we saw that the title was The Foundling. Uh, but that was like two days ago. So I didn't yeah. call it a week ago. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but I love how Tim seems to differentiate his clone voice from his Django and Boba voice, giving his clones a more sterile voice encompassed within a battle-hardened personality. Wouldn't surprise me if he uh, basically did that because of D. Bradley Baker. Mm -hmm. Just to, yeah, be a little different. Yeah. Because D. Bradley Baker makes all of his clones distinct. And I feel like Tim would want to put a little twist on it, coming back to doing this after so long. Why not? Yeah. And will we see more Grogu and Quebec? I like that nickname. Not <laughs> to be confused with Quebec. Flashbacks in the season as the season continues, maybe see his fate. In the 2005 Battlefront 2, Naboo shelters several Jedi survivors of Order 66. I do think we're going to see... If, if we're treating it kind of like we did for Season 1 with Din, and he had two or three flashbacks in Season 1, I think mm -hmm. Roku will do the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't think they can just leave it at, at what we saw today and say, all right, that explains it. Yeah, I think there's more to see. My AirPods just died. Oh. Of course. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead and start wrapping up. Okay, I'll start wrapping up. Well, first, I think uh, I saw Darth Nicholas say, yeah, we forgot to say, would we like to see such a thing? Would we like to see the uh, the foundlings at Jabba's Palace? I'd be down for that. Uh, like I said, I think it's a good way to bring him back into the story. So, yeah, I think that's fun to have all the Mandalorians gather at his place. But it is 944. Yeah. Okay, Can you good. hear me? Yeah. Okay. It's 944. We are going to wrap up. Uh, I am exhausted. I'm hungry. <laughs> so thank you. You didn't have your, your cheese. That's I funny. didn't have any cheese. Uh, but... Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that so many people seem to love this episode as much as we did. But we are going to wrap up for today. Go watch we... Jedi Temple Challenge. Do yourself a little yeah. favor. Everyone go watch we Jedi might... Temple Challenge. We might give it a rewatch. I would watch it again. I don't remember who all wins. I honestly kind of want to rewatch a little bit of it. I, I would do that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow 
to talk about the Bad Batch while we build the Lego Razor Crest. I will say that next week, next Wednesday, we are planning on streaming. Oh, we're, we're, yeah. We are we are ramping up into celebration time, and other things are happening. Uh, so we're, next week's going to be a little weird. We're traveling. Yeah, we're traveling. On, on top of London travel, we're traveling before that. So uh, this time next week, we'll be out of town. So we probably won't be able to stream longer than like an hour. We we do plan on streaming next week to cover episode five. And we will stream. We'll be back home next Thursday. So we'll also have that stream. I don't, next week is just going to be a mess. And so will the week after that because of celebration. It's also going to be like a different time of day. Yeah. A lot earlier, probably. Maybe we'll start extra early, let you guys get your questions in. And then because we won't have a guest, we can yeah, just we, go straight into track, chat questions. Yeah. So, yeah, just be, be prepared to uh, see some different stuff next week at different times. But we're, we're going to figure it out. We're planning on streaming both Wednesday and Thursday next week if everything goes well. Um, but yeah, that's it for Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you all for hanging out. We're going to go eat a late, late dinner. <laughs> May the force be with you. And because they said it a couple times tonight and I really liked it, this is the way.